welcome to this newest episode of Generation BTS All the Albums, the podcast where we review BTS albums. I'm Christine. I've been in ARMY for about a year now and I'm 28 years old, although that's soon to change. Mm-hmm. And with me, I have got my lovely co-host. Hi, I'm Leanne. I'm 33 and I've been ARMY for about seven months. And my other co-host? Hi, I'm Natasha. I'm 19 and I've been ARMY for about six years. Lovely. So today we have the privilege of talking about the Wings album. Very, very exciting. We're going to talk about the solo songs today. So because Wings is a bigger album, we thought it'd be best to sort of split them out into one episode about solos and one episode about the rest of the album. And then we'll do our overall grading and MVP at the end of the OT7 songs episode. Yep. And then... Today, we'll just talk about the solos. So it's going to be a bit of an, a different one. But yeah, I'm excited. Leanne, how do you feel about Wings? Yeah, it's been an interesting two weeks. So obviously, I can't comment about Wings because I haven't listened to the whole of Wings. Yes. But yes, I've really enjoyed it. It's interesting. I've really enjoyed the boys' solo work and seeing them, seeing the different way that they've approached, ultimately, what is their first foray into putting solos into a studio album. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. It's been great jealous of army that existed through the wings era come back yes i assume it would have been amazing i know i'm so jealous of we watched all those wings performances and the wings tour and stuff and i'm so jealous of everyone that were there oh my god yeah i think it's interesting to talk about it now this with this being their first four inch solo work obviously we're gonna get a lot more solo work now (laughs) how are you how do you feel about wings and tasha uh i've really enjoyed the wings because it was my first ever comeback and album I really enjoyed it yes I I had that thought when um because you obviously talked about how you sort of got into BTS and I thought like when I was watching I was like oh Natasha she joined right before wings didn't she she joined at the best time um (laughs) right so um I think we should jump in because there's a bit to talk about here we're going to try and contextualize the meaning alongside the lyrics and the and the short films that come with it and also probably just one live performance because I don't think that they've done loads of different stages for these songs they did the wings tour and that's how they did the live performances and yeah I think some of these songs have sort of a personal meaning some is linked to the universe storyline and some is derived from a book called Demian and a lot of the times it's the songs sort of linked to all of that stuff but uh but yeah just as a disclaimer we are not experts on bts k-pop or music (laughs) we're just fans sharing our love and opinions of the boys and please be aware we do swear perfect just to sort of contextualize as you probably could tell by us talking about the solo work we've had a month now since the festival dinner and the break announcement it's been two days since j-hope's check in the box Mm. came out um, which was amazing it's so good yes we love it but yeah that's where we are in the timeline mm-hmm. just to give you that uh that insight to what we currently know about Ooh. solo work and everything and something mega happened yesterday didn't it christine what sugar turned up at size oh my God, yes <laughs> basically cried all day about it yeah <laughs> she was like why are we not in song <laughs> i was like we don't live there no i just yeah oh god i was so jealous as jealous as i've ever been i thought 
I was jealous of the people at Hobie's listening party. Mm. And I remember texting you being like, I've never been so jealous ever. But then this stupid fucking side concert happened. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say it like that. I'm sure it was an amazing side concert. I just really was annoyed that I wasn't there. Um, yeah. well, I watched so many clips of that. I died. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and then the mic drop at the end. He looked great as well. Yeah. He wore those jeans that he has with the whole mm. knee cut out. He's worn those before. Yeah, they're good jeans. Recycling king, yes. <laughs> We've got time for it. I was quite surprised at the uh, the like party that they had with like everyone were there because they were just like randomly from the phone we were just getting blown up with like photos of like Jimmy and Jesse. Like what the heck? Like why are these two together? And then it's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And they get more and more and more and it's oh, it was good. And yeah. the whole of how being lit up. Yeah. And all of the dance clothes, <laughs> which was really great. Yeah. And did you see JK's clip of him doing the dance break from Megan the oh. Stallion's bit in Butter? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah he I just sort that. of jumps up and just smashed that. It's really hard choreo. It's really great. Yeah. You should watch that. Right. Are we happy with? Bookkeeping. Housekeeping. Bookkeeping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We can do so much bookkeeping. It's gonna be a great podcast if we just do bookkeeping. Um, <laughs> right. Tell us about Wings, Christine. Okay, we'll do about the album and era for this one. So this one it comes after the most beautiful moment in life album series, mm-hmm. but um, this one is a standalone studio album, and then we obviously get the repackaged version. You never walk along with spring day and that's a day on and it's a really really strong concept it's quite unlike anything else that they've done because it's based on this fiction book so just to tell you a little bit about Demian because I think we're going to talk about it a bit so it was published in 1919 and written by Hermann Hess which, who is a German writer um, it's written from the perspective of an older man who's looking back on his childhood and recounting stories of various episodes that led to profound changes in his worldview. He sort of grows up in a nice Christian home. It's set in the lead up to World War One, And in his very early youth, he sort of only exists within that realm of his his home, his parents going to school. That's it. But then he's gradually exposed to what he initially calls the other or the darker realm, mainly through meeting a uh, an older friend who is called Demian, which mm-hmm. is the name of the book. And he sort of broadens his horizons and make and he makes him see different perspectives on what he previously thought of as like factual differences between good and evil. Um, so that's all I want to say about it for now, because I think a lot of the story was going to unfold in the is discussion. Yeah. yeah, it also is quite clearly influenced by Jungian theory. The Demian's influenced by Jungian. Yes, exactly. So uh, Herman Hess, he underwent a psychoanalytical treatment from a student of Jung's in the lead up to this being published. Mm-hmm. And then I think he also was treated by Jung himself later on, oh. but after Demian was published. That's really cool. Yeah. It's <laughs> really lame that enough and that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah so exactly. jealous yeah. of that therapy that he's getting from this legend. Yeah. Yeah. The character sort of goes through the steps of uncovering the archetypes within himself and the process of individuation. I didn't know if we should explain the archetypes again, but the archetypes are universal symbols that are passed down subconsciously through evolution and come across 
come up across different cultures and individuation, which is the process that I talked about that he goes through is the process of uncovering the self through discovering and accepting subconscious or repressed parts of oneself. Mm -hmm. And that is all I'll say. If you want more explanation on Jungian theory, please refer to our Map of the Soul episode. Mm, which is out. <laughs> yes, I had already. There's a theory that the characters of the BTS universe must also go through this individuation process. And it's definitely sort of similar in terms of growing up and being faced with the loss of innocence. And as a result, having some sort of suppressed psychological trauma that needs working through. That's mm -hmm. sort of the basis of the universe story for all the different characters. So it does clearly sort of link Demian, the theory, and the universe story. Ah, very yeah. well connected. Very well connected, as we will find out. There is a very good Wings Era Explained video on YouTube that we'll link. Well, we should probably contextualise that you're the only one that's read Demian. Yes, um, I read it a couple of months ago. It's a very short book, but it's really like, it's quite heavy. Mm. I've, also, I've looked into the Wings Era before, but looking into it now with the context of having done a tiny bit of studying of the Jungian theory, plus having read Demian, plus knowing more about the universe story. I had a lot of the sort of aha moments where I was like, oh my God, this is clearly what they're trying to say. Whereas like before when I've seen the short films, I've been a bit like, this is really cool, but like, I don't know what they're, I don't know what they mean. Yeah, but I think your I actual words were, Leanne, I've completed the short films. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I've watched them as well. You're like, no, no, like I've won them. Like I now know what every little scene means and what they're referring to. And it's amazing. And I was like, yeah, same. No, not same. I'm excited <laughs> to find out what you what well, I've discovered, yeah, exactly. Do we want to talk about the album and sort of release dates and things quickly? Yes. So Wings was released on the 10th of October 2016. Wings as an album, it peaked at number one on the South Korean Gaon charts, uh, number seven on the Japanese Oricon charts, number 26 on US charts, and number one for Billboard World Album. Okay. And it won the Album of the Year at the Gaon Chart Music Awards and a Bonsang Album Award at the Golden Disc Awards as well. The Big Hit blurb talks about young boys meeting temptation for the first time and agonizing in the face of it. As they experience pain and bliss, and they bring forth images of birds breaking out of their shell and taking flight for the first time. Obviously, hence the Wings album title. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think we should just start talking about the songs then. Um, let's start at the beginning. Let's, start, let's begin. Let's begin with the begin. So the first solo song on the album is Begin, which is by Jungkook, which is written by Tony Estelle, David Quinones, and RM, and it's produced by Tony Estelle. The song is about JK thanking his members saying how much they brought him out of his shell and admitting to them that his one weakness is when they're in pain, that's when he struggles the most. It's very, very heartfelt. Yeah. We we watched the V-Live, didn't we? We watched Aram's beautiful V-Live. It's his first one, actually. He said, no, prior to this, Sugar had done all the album reviews, but he was going to do this one. Did it less as a review and more about what he wanted to tell us? about the writing processes, mm. etc. And with it being their first solos, um, everyone had been asked to write a 
her own lyrics but within the context jk is very young mm. he's 19 so he'd tried but he wasn't able to so he'd come to rm and asked rm to help him and originally rm had said like i'm not sure i can do this like i don't want to uh, yeah i can't write on your perspective but then they'd had this big chat where they both cried and talked about their true feelings and Aram said that was the first time that he'd ever seen JK mm. cry and upset because JK in general is very strong, he doesn't mind yeah. working hard, he doesn't mind being tired mm. and Aram had just sort of never expected him to be like, it's only when you boys hurt that I yeah. hurt and he said after that chat he felt like he could write these lyrics for begin and sort of express those inner feelings and thoughts that yeah. represented JK. I think they all had a chat, didn't they? They like in a hotel room, I think it said. And all of a sudden sort of Junk just broke down crying and was talking about I just really struggle when you guys are having a hard time. So yeah. yeah. Sweet sweet angel boy. Sweet JK. Yeah. Um so the song starts off with saying when I was 15 years old I had nothing when JK joined BTS he were only 15 years old he was youngest in group and during that time that he joined BTS and like the company and stuff it was like they were struggling financially and mentally coming together not knowing if it were going to be for definite that they were going to debut and stuff like that so he's referring to like the struggles in that time the next line is love you my brother i've got brothers i discovered emotions i became me Summit very like it takes a lot of guts to actually express uh how he really feels in like especially being like a, a man i guess it's even harder but jk multiple times has talked about like how the members have raised him and like Jin used to cook for him, take him to school and stuff like that. So growing up with just them, he's kind of took a bit of each and everyone's personality and how it's like shaped him and who he is. I guess he gets joy just from making other members happy. Mm. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it is really, it's really brave, really vulnerable. Yeah. But also... I'd like those six boys to raise me as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, no wonder it turned out so great. They did a like, great imagine, job. Like, imagine if your teenage influencers are yeah. these absolute, like, talented, driven, hardworking, yes. respectful, mm. genius boys, ultimately. Genius boys. And that's who you get to hang out with every yeah. day. Like, they become, like, not, like, full parental influencers, yeah. but there's lots of psychologies in there that's, like, your brain chemistry sets age three mm. to five and then you get an opportunity to reset it mm. through your teenage years when yeah. you're flooded with hormones so during that time when he's like resetting some of his brain chemistry and how mm. his thoughts are formed he's just surrounded by these amazing yeah positive influences yeah jealous also, <laughs> yeah i mean like you obviously said in, in the lyrics he says when i when i was 15 i had nothing obviously he was our international age 15 when they debuted but he joined when he was like 13 13 so he would have lived with these boys since 13 that's like massively formative years that he would have spent with these people not living with his family mm. like that's completely valid that he feels like they raised him because they did ultimately yeah and he's he's only a couple of years younger than Jim and Tay, but they also joined later i think so 
no wonder he turned out so brilliant. So next lyric is, brother, let's cry, cry, cry and get it over with. I don't know much about sadness, but I'm going to cry anyway. Jake has stated several times that he considers himself to be quite a happy person and he doesn't really complain about much, even though it's a tough industry and stuff. He's not really one to feel down a lot, even though he might not understand what the other members are feeling when they're struggling and stuff. He still wants to try and like help them as much as possible. The lyric, you make me begin, is like repeated quite a lot throughout the song. It's like really showing importance or how like the members took him in and put him on right path for like as a teenager you can be very quickly influenced to be like, oh I've this friend smokes, I'm gonna smoke and then it leads to more and more and more like bad things and stuff. Whereas they've obviously been like, Oh, we're gonna work hard and do this and then he's like, Oh yeah, I'll follow you and follow you and follow you and then, you know, he's got his passions himself, so he's just I don't know how to say it. It'd be like times a thousand, like mm. pushed and stuff. Oh, this guy's a really amazing dancer. I'm going to try really hard and learn from him and become an amazing dancer. Oh, yeah. this guy's also a really amazing rapper. Yeah. I get to hang out with him and learn how he yeah. raps yeah. and how he... And yeah. this guy has an amazing lyricist. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and look at this amazing vocalist. That yeah. guy can go hang out with them and... Yeah see how they do it and figure out if I can do it. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's how he ended up, that's how he ended up being so good yeah. at everything. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I, I think definitely what you said about them working hard. So he, they sort of led by example and he's mm. just, I'm not saying that he wouldn't always have worked hard because maybe he would, but like that is inspiring isn't mm. it? as a, it sort of sets the, the standard. Yeah. And he doesn't even mention once about his, the magnet has to do all the chores. No, exactly. Like, <laughs> it does. Yeah. That's how it works. Because yeah. you see I'm in the super and they're like, oh, Jeremy, can you go get my ball from can the you go get, Yeah, go get that. And he's go like, get my okay. ball from the roof. And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but they're also like kind of obliged to, if they go out for a meal, they're the ones that have to pay for it. So he's just living life, you know, being like, oh, yeah, that looks cool. And they're like, we'll pay for it. We'll do it. Yeah, it goes both ways, definitely. I don't know if you had this, but when at the end of the song, at the chorus, he goes, you make me begin. And then he goes, you make me again. (laughs) I think they obviously let him start the life that he has now. Because obviously he had a life before joining Big Hit, but it was very like his his childhood, basically. But the other members sort of let him onto the path of, you know, following his dream and the life that he has now as an idol and everything. So they sort of begun his life in that way. We keep making him, right? He keeps yeah. being inspired by them and he keeps growing from seeing them grow. And it's a beautiful way to like flip the song. Mm. Amazing lyrics from RM to just sort of <laughs> <laughs> flip it and say, actually, it's not just about how we started. It's about how I'm going to continue to grow. Um, yeah. Whenever he gets lost, they're sitting back and he caused him to grow even more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> During the 
research period because obviously we have the Generation BTS London headquarters here. Yes. Christine was like, how are you doing with the lyrics for you? And I was like, I've read your kids, but I've got to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, they're really good, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they're so good. They're so emotional. I don't want to go on to the next one no. <laughs> because it's too much. I just want to sit with these really sweet feelings about JK and the boys and how it all works. Yeah. So let's talk about the short films. I wanted to say at the top that there's a convincing theory that, I've, well, I've read a few theories online and one of them sort of says that the short films, obviously they relate to the universe story, right? But they each sort of relate to a part of, of Demian. Mm-hmm. Um, they display a part of, of Sinclair. Sinclair is the main character, Emil Sinclair. He's the guy that grows up. Mm-hmm. This is just my own theory, but I think the Macne line, Jungkook, Jimin and Tay represent Sinclair in a moment that he's reaching out for someone to sort of lead him on the path towards individuation ultimately. Mm-hmm. And RM, Sugar and J-Hope represent the, the sort of people who guide him. Okay. Jin sort of... I think Jin represents Sinclair, but when he sort of transitions into a phase where he doesn't need a mentor anymore. So, yeah. So, Jungkook's short film, I would think, relates to the period of the book when Sinclair is at boarding school. So, it opens with Namjoon's quote, which introduces us to the realms of day and night. And I'm not going to read the whole quote because... It's realms. No, he says realms. Realms, yes. Yeah. yeah, oh my God. That's <laughs> oh, the thing. Across the entire thing, all of the short films, <laughs> at least in like five of them, he says the word, the word, realm. 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 And no, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know whether he's the only person I've been who can speak English, but it's fine it's fine he says realm every single time and i like such conviction yeah yes okay well we love you june there's no no shade to your english your english is perfect and amazing but uh someone should have reviewed someone should have maybe gone actually mate it's realm actually my guy is realm yeah Hundreds yeah. of people involved. Yeah. Maybe not hundreds, but tens they would of have people. had translators. They would have. <laughs> of course, yeah. they would have. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. It's well, fun. yeah. Really? It's like when they tried to say um, extraterrestrial. <laughs> yeah, but that was like, really hard. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is hard. Extraterrestrial. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Back to Jake's short film. So Juni's quote introduces us to the realms of day and night and these realms, they are going to be important. So there's one light realm, the day realm, and one dark realm, the night realm, and that's going to come up again and again. So it starts off with this ominous whistling of the begin melody Mm -hmm. and it shows Jungkook seemingly having a, a nightmare. So he's in a bed, but he's sort of making these faces that show that he's uneasy. We hear the sound of the car crash, which relates to the universe story where he gets hit by a car, and the mirror shattering, which relates to when, whenever Jin travels back in time in the new universe story, a mirror shatters. Yep. We see an image of the burning piano, which links to Yoongi, so we know that JK and, and Yoongi are paired yep. in the universe. We do. And then we see a drawing in JK's hand, and the drawing is of Yoongi. And the painting in front of him, which is a mixture of Yungi's face and JK's face. Mm-hmm. And JK actually painted that. Of course he did. Dude, that's so talented. talented. He's so talented. Um, multi-talented guy. 
And then we see rain and the painting drips. So there's sort of raining on him, looking at the painting. So the painting starts dripping and changing. Then we see the painting burning. And in Demian, Sinclair, the main character, he paints this girl that he sees in his dreams. And then he leaves it sort of in this window and it gets ruined by the rain. And when he picks it up, he sees that the painting actually resembles his friend Demian and himself. So he takes the same piece of paper, draws the sparrowhawk, and then posts it to Demian, which Junkuk also does because he picks up the image of Yungi on the ground, turns it over, it's now the sparrowhawk, mm. and then he puts it in an envelope. Um, so in Demian, the sparrowhawk symbolizes those who seek the truth and break free from the limited teachings of a Christian society. Okay. So there's a quote that sort of summarizes later, which they use for Jin's film, but just for the purpose of, of explaining, it goes, the bird fights its way out of the egg. The egg is the world. Who would be born must first destroy a world. The bird flies to God. That God's name is Abraxas. It's saying that you must destroy your world view that you grew up with as a child mm-hmm. in order to be able to appreciate the whole world. So both the realms of day and night, the dark and the light realm. Um, so Demian is the one that introduces Sinclair to Abraxas, and Abraxas is an ancient god that accepts both good and evil. Mm. Yes. Nice, because so, Christianity doesn't. Exactly. There so is most, God and sin. Most religions will encourage you to be only good, mm-hmm. whereas Abraxas represents both the good and the evil, and he will accept both the light and the dark side of, of you. So yeah, and then the um, film flashes between the despairing Jungkook and it recalls the changing timeline. So he'll see the painting being rained on in one moment and then he'll see it on fire in another moment. So we'll, the same thing happens in different ways across different timelines. And then a shadow of the wings appear behind Jungkook. So they're sort of painting him as the Sparrowhawk, so someone who seeks, seeks the truth. Okay. Obviously, this isn't Jungkook himself. As no, <laughs> it's the... Is it? The, it's not even the representation of J.K. within the universe, right? It's no. the way that they've it's, chosen to represent Demian yeah. in Jungkook. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Should we talk about the performance? Yeah. Yeah. So he starts out alone on the stage, but then he's joined by the dancers. So that, I think, illustrates the lyrics, isn't it? Yeah, Where the begin goes. and then the boys arrive. Um, it's mental. It's so, like, the, the choreo is so good. It's some of the most intense choreo. I've seen. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly, but we watched one of the Wings concert and they did, they opened with Not Today, I think, and then they do like another like high octane dance mm. number. And then he just does this. And then he just brings out again. I know. Yeah, because the whole concept of the, some of the benefits of the solo stages, right, it was so that you can have time in the concert that isn't super high intense choreo not jk he doesn't need the rest in time no i'm gonna do my solo and i'm gonna dance yeah at the fastest speed for the whole thing oh wait and i'm gonna sing this amazing vocal on top of it yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm gonna jump and i'm gonna kick and i'm gonna spin obviously he's working with a significant backing track here but the amount of like vocal control you'd need to be able to sing that like breathy you make me begin it's just insane and also yeah, think, you'd have to not be tired yeah you don't you, have you to, can't you can't catch your breath but like also when you're like jumping around your voice will shake yeah so it's insane no, and the no. other board said i think it's in the when they sort of watch the wings concert and they do their little review which will also link it's on youtube and oh yeah we watched that didn't we yeah in that they're like 
Jungkook's the only one who could have done his solo right after this. And yes. some of the solos don't have dancing. Some of the solos don't have dancing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but only JK has got the energy. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I watched it like quite closely a couple of times because I wanted to see if he did the same choreo across the choruses. Yeah. I don't think he does. No, you said no, different yeah. choreo. I just think for... it's different. Yeah, four, four minutes of just different choreo that's completely in sync with the dancers. And yeah. the dancers are there. He does. So you can't get out of time. You yeah. can't get out of step. It's very impressive that he can be so energetic and crazily dancing and very good at it and still be great and impressive vocally. Everyone just gets amazed when they see it. They're like, whoa, that can't be real. And the styling's great. In the performance that we linked, you can see it in the show notes. He's got the like high neck shirt and then the sparkly jacket. The jacket that sort of And it's a little bit tap inspired, the the choreo. Oh, definitely, yes. Yeah, it is tap inspired. They're doing the like dropping back on the feet, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Um, Right. It's my favourite performance so far. (laughs) (laughs) No, no spoilers, no spoilers. But Leanne says this after every time we watch the Wings performance, she's like, that one's my favourite so far. That one's my (laughs) favourite. And so then, far. <laughs> and then we watch the next one. She's like, no, that was my favorite. So far. Yeah. Right. Should we move on? Yes. Yes. Right. The next song I did, the next song is Lie. It's Jim and Solo. Oh, Jim, 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 Jim. It is written by Duck Skim, Sunim, Hitman Bang, Jimin, and P Dog. And it was produced by Duck Skim. And this one, I think, brilliantly applies to the personal, the universe story. And Demian is written really, really well. It works across all the different contexts. Let's start with the fact that Jimmy wrote it on his own. Yeah, yeah. on the it, yeah. Uh, no, no other writing credits in there. No, no, the other boys helped, yeah. And Juni said in his beloved of me that he was really impressed with Jimmy's lyrics. He was super impressed. He, he literally said he had no notes. Mm. Amazing. So we'll go through the lyrics. Um, so the... Um, opening line is tell me with your sweet smile like you're whispering in my ear don't be like a prey smooth like a snake i want to get away so he's obviously using imagery of sort of being led astray here mm-hmm. i think and smooth like a snake obviously that's a reference yeah. yeah so he doesn't want to become the prey but sort of he rather he'd rather take the role of the the predator. Than the, he's a predator. The battle between um, good and evil. Yeah, and he he is. Um, <laughs> he is a, he is a predator. He's a predator, not in a not in a bad way. But he's uh, his performances uh, are an attack. Um, <laughs> they are a personal attack. They yeah. are a personal attack. And then he says, "Get away from me, whoever it may be. Save me." It continues even when I run away. I'm caught in a lie. So the chorus goes, caught in a lie, find the me that was pure, which is a direct re- reference to Demian. Because essentially in Demian, Sinclair's first e- meeting with the evil world is that he he's hanging out with some older boys. And then he tells a story about how he s- stole apples from one of the neighbors, mm-hmm. which is a lie. He, he didn't steal those oh, apples. He just he tries to be cool. To be cool, exactly, oh. yeah. But then one of the other boys goes, oh, but that farmer has told me that he's going to give beer award who if i sort of can find the person who's been stealing his apples <sighs> so then he sort of blackmails him by being like well i'm gonna tell the farmer that it was you because i want to get this reward and the main character is like oh no okay well what if i give you money like will you not oh. tell him 
the guy, the bully is wanting more money than he has. Mm -hmm. And then the bully sort of, even when he does give him money, he sort of keeps coming back being like, oh, well, I'm going to tell him if you don't do this. Um, Yeah. So that's sort of his first, his first encounter with the evil world is based on a lie. And it sort of, that encounter had sort of shattered the realm that he'd known so far of home, family, love, strictness, religion, and school. Obviously the, Lying about stealing apples as well is a, is a an allusion to the first sin in the Garden of yep. Eden. Yeah, being tempted by the apple. Yeah, uh, but he says, "I can't be free from this lie. Give me back my smile," um, which also recalls Demian because this lie really, really like eats at the main character. Mm-hmm. It's the anxiety, isn't it? Yeah, not knowing the outcome of what's going to happen now. Yeah, exactly. And then Jimin says, "Pull me from this hell. Save me. I'm being punished." In the second verse, he says, you want me, I've lost my way, you want me, I feel so far away, you always come my way. So this could be obviously about the guy that's bullying the guy in, in Demian, but some, um, I, I think a lot of fans have seen this song sort of from Jimin's perspective in terms of him trying to reveal his more authentic self with the less of the sort of school era bravado that we see. Um, but also it's about his experience as an idol and having to p- portray a, a version of yourself to fans and rm said in in the v live that he wrote it as an allegory for his own anxiety mm-hmm. like when he hears this sort of voice in his head telling him that he's not good enough so it's the voice also always comes his way and it's not like he can't get away from this inner voice that's lying to him mm. well um, and the self it's the self-criticizing right it's, yeah even if he makes one mistake yeah jimin's inner critic is quite loud and he'll obsess about that yeah he struggles with that he's tortured yeah, in Burn the Stage, which is a uh, YouTube documentary about the uh, the Wings tour, there's a bit where he does, uh, I think it's not even a performance, it's just like a test run, and he his voice breaks a little bit with some of the high notes, mm. and he just like falls apart after, and all the other boys are there being like, oh, I didn't even hear it, like it was fine, and he's like, no, no, my voice broke, it was like awful, like I can't do this, and he cries and yeah it's yeah chim, chim. you can tell definitely from from that, that this is the way that he feels and the pressure's probably at its highest here isn't it yeah because they've had most beautiful moment in life they've started to make some traction mm-hmm. they're now getting into wings the, the success is getting much bigger mm-hmm. therefore the pressure the pressure's at its highest in wings yeah in the song he says i'm here the same person i was before but an overgrown lie is trying to swallow me whole oh which is it's yeah it's like I said at the top, it's definitely personal to to Jimin, but it's it also works really well with Demian and also with the um, the universe story where he suffers the survivor guilt after he sees the the, the child, child being abused at the flower arboretum. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, arboretum. Arboretum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it sort of works in that way, way as well because he lies about he develops all these sort of psychological dis- disorders but then he lies about them mm. to the uh the doctors and, and sort of to the other boys as well i think so i'm gonna try now to sound like i know a little bit about music but um i read this on the genius lyrics website where it's someone had done some brilliant notes about the structure of the song so the song is in something called compound meter which means that each beat divides more naturally into a, a triple pulse not a standard double pulse mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a wall so it goes like one two three one two three one yeah. two three and it creates this sort of cyclical feeling where you sort of feel like the beat could go on forever like there's no 
stop to it and this the song sort of ends quite abruptly as well mm, it does but they sort of said that this relates to the lyrics in in the sense that he's sort of talking about being eternally caught in this lie mm-hmm. so you feel that sort of in the beat of the song you feel the entrapment almost and the chorus is also in the major key whereas the verse is in a minor key so okay. major key notes sound happy mm-hmm. whereas the minor key notes sound sad so you could see the chorus as an allegory for the happy sort of mask he puts on to seem fine ah, right yeah i think my first part that you didn't mention was the how the song starts with the orchestra yes yeah. and that absolutely like beautiful orchestral introduction and then when Jimin's vocal comes in yeah it's just like another mm-hmm. level of just beauty yeah where I'm just absolutely mesmerised. Of course, he can sing with a full orchestra. I just remember a lot of memes being made about the, like, caught in a lie bit. It would be, like, a member, like, joking around. I think it's normally gin that they do it about, and it's, like, and then that bit just starts screaming, and you just say, oh, oh, God. Right, right, right. So it's, like, something that gin does, and then they go, like, caught in a lie. Yeah. That would be funny. Yeah. That would be funny. I've not yeah. seen any of those. No. Really? I have to find them for you. Yeah. Um, I want to see... No, I want to see the memes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's the boys ultimately doing high notes. I'm sure you need to bust that high note. He always does. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, can we focus? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right, so should we talk about the short film? Mm-hmm. So Jimin's short film opens with Junie's quote from Demi and again, talking about the light realm, which was made up of his parents' house with the elements of love, strictness, and school. Those were sort of the things that he knew in the light realm. Mm-hmm. realm. This one represents, as we sort of talked about in the song lyrics, the, the bully, it represents Sinclair's first meeting with darkness so his first meeting with the dark world as a child so it opens on this forest like misty forest uh which is a reference to the universe story where he finds the boy at the flower arboretum i actually arboretum. looked it up on youtube how to pronounce this word and in <laughs> british english it is arboretum 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 yes so we also see a sign like a road sign that points us towards the flower arboretum. So we know oh. that that's what it's referencing. To me, it reminds me of Twilight. It's yeah, got Twilight vibes. It, it looks like Forest. <laughs> yeah, very Twilight vibes. Um, and then we see Jimin at a hospital and he's getting sort of a psychological evaluation done, which is obviously related to the universe story because Jimin's character, because of this incident at the flower arboretum, he develops these seizures and depression mm-hmm. and then he goes to the hospital to diagnose that. So as part of the diagnosis, they show him this sort of inkbot test type thing. So they show him the different symbols from the Wings album. Okay. Yeah. And sort of every time they flash up an image in front of him, he sort of barely reacts. He sort of shrugs. But interspersed with those clips, we get sort of flashes of him like in a room and the contrast of the color is sort of turned up. So they, it's sort of black and white. Mm-hmm. So he's dancing in the hospital room, but looking sort of very tortured. So this is sort of representing his inner reactions to the 
images that he's being shown. Mm-hmm. So when he's reacting in the hospital, he's lying. cinematography it is yeah exactly so the shrugs the like minor reactions those are him lying and the torture dancing is his sexual feelings so there's some links to Hobie's video as well which we'll talk about but we see the um, card that says Eva on it and there's a a martini glass with pills and then there's an empty bed next to Jim and then we can see the, the sort of feathers from the pillow fight that they have in is it in IAU or is it in Ron? Ron. Have you seen the pillow fight? No. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's in Ron. We see some uh, references to sort of time turning back with the there's some rain that sort of goes upwards and mm. the water flowing out of the bathtub goes sort of back into back the bathtub. Into the bathtub. Yeah. We then see Jimin fall into the bathtub where in the universe story he drowns himself in the bathtub at the hospital. Mm-hmm. But then he it sort of transitions and he's sitting back up in the bed. Yeah. It's a really cool transition. It's a, the transitions in that short film are just They're so mesmerizing. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's flashes of him eating the apple. So we see him eat the apple and they sort of flash between loads of different angles. He takes a bite of the apple and then smirks as if he knows that he's sort of... Naughty. Yeah. <laughs> he looks straight at the camera. He's also sexy yeah. eating an apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks at the camera and he knows that he's sinned. Um, so the apple obviously is a reference both to Demi and to the Bible in the first sin, both mm-hmm. in both of those books. He turns the camera towards the forest painting and then he faces it himself as well. So is he sort of finally going to face his trauma? Is the question. Who knows? So yeah, that's cool. why. I think compared to Restenham, this one's more like brighter and obviously it's all like white compared to other ones where there's like bright colors but it's mainly like a darker theme i mean i think this one is a is a really good one right so let's talk about the performance i wrote that in classic jimin style this dancing is incredible and he's super sexy and he (laughs) contorts and sort of mimics the the snake from the lyrics in his Mm. dancing style i thought yeah, and he's kind of like tortured in the mid dance moves. He's on the stage, he's got like dancers around him, and he sort of mimics feeling trapped and enclosed, I think. He wears the blindfold and. Wears... Yeah, they put the blindfold on him and dance around in the blindfold. That's really sexy. It is. He only wears it for a little bit. For the end chorus, they also sort of pick him up and then he does. Oh, the when they like parade him around. Yeah. The outfit's also very classic, Jimin. He wears the sort of sparkly jacket with the very low cut top for mm. one of them we um the we best. linked like a performance mix there's two outfits in it but yeah there's one with like a low metallic vest top and the jacket drapes off his shoulders mm. and then he's also got this loose fitting sparkly shirt in mm. another one and when he sort of throws his hands up in the air it jumps up to <laughs> You can't see, but I'm shaking my head. Yeah. It's not acceptable behavior. No, it's not. And then there's this move that he does where he jumps off the stage and then he sort of runs his thumb up under oh, the shirt. Under the shirt, yeah. yeah. And he does it every time, and yeah. He knows. I'm sure he'd tell us it's an accident, but it's just not. It's not an accident. Yeah, he's caught in a lie. So he's caught in a lie. Yeah. He's pretending that this is not yeah. the sexiest everything he's ever done. Yeah. It's very... Um, Black Swan-esque, because I've seen, I've seen the Black Swan performance in some of the stages where you really sort of see Jimin's classical background oh, shine. Sure, yeah. And I think you do maybe, well, as New Army, you see that more than you see Lai. 
But I think what it does with it being the first set of solo performances, it really allows them to say, this is how brilliant Jimmy is because he's completely on his own and he can flex that muscle Mm -hmm. and use all of that education and learning and the things he can do with his body to his advantage. And often with classical dancing, it's a real expression, right, of emotion and feeling, which probably up until now he doesn't get to, you know, as great as the dope choreo is, <laughs> it's not necessarily an expression of inner angsty, inner yeah. angsty turmoil emotions. Yeah, it's no. all at the same time. And so, yeah, it's yeah. really nice to see him really showing off those talents, but also for him to be able to to do that and be able to bring that yeah. part of him I think that is like to the an, song. <laughs> without wanting to talk about the fast dinner all the time, it's an early like image of them getting to... <laughs> show who they are as artists and how different they are as artists mm. in a way that sort of lets them still exist within the band. And that's, uh, that's nice. Any thoughts, Tash? I just put great dance from Chim Chim. <laughs> it's a great dance from Chim Chim. That's true. Um, and Christine, maybe we could be one of the dancers that holds him. When we watch Dionysus, there's the girls that hold the fans. Yeah. And we're like, we could do that job. We could 100%. Yeah. Could do that I job. can wave a fan all day. All yeah. day long. I could <laughs> do that job. Maybe we couldn't actually, because we'd have to be in the dance before him. Yeah. So maybe we'd we also, couldn't do that. It looks That's like it. there's only male dancers there. Yeah. Right. Are we done with Fly? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. It is a really good one. I like Fly. Right. So the third song that we're going to do is Stigma. Stigma. By Kim Taehyung. So Stigma was written by Filter, the Slow Rabbit, and Hitman Bang, and it was produced by Filter. There's quite a lot of interpretations of this song. It's not super obvious what it's about, aside from the link to the universe story, which I think definitely is there. Mm. We don't have anything from the V Live, so Aaron said, like, Tay did this. It's a personal song to him and it's for him to tell you no it's not my place to go into the meaning of this song so we don't have any yeah insight from june so i i think what i'll do is i'll just go over the lyrics without speculating too much and then we can talk about sort of how we understand it after mm-hmm. um, but he opens with talking about something that he's been hiding and he says i tell you something just to leave it buried now i can't endure it anymore i have been hurting anyway and then he's telling whoever he's talking to, to to cry, now cry. It's only that I'm very sorry towards you because I couldn't protect you. And then the chorus goes, deeper, the wound just gets deeper, like pieces of broken glass that I can't reverse. So this, I think, is a clear link to the universe story because obviously he kills his dad in that with a glass gotcha. bottle. The bit about I can't reverse it might be a hint to what happens later when Jin actually does reverse it. Mm-hmm. And then he says, deeper, it's just the heart that hurts every day. You who were punished in my stead, you who are delicate and fragile. Well, that's relating to the sister, if we see it as the universe story angle, because obviously she's, he sees the father Mm. abuse the sister, and then he runs in with the glass bottle and sort of stops the father with it. And then the next line goes, stop crying, now tell me something, say to me who had no courage. Why did you do that to me then? I'm sorry, forget it. What right do I have to tell you this or that? And then in the bridge, he says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my brother. Even if I try to hide it, it can't be erased. Then he says the same line with, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my sister. 
And then there's this whisper that goes, are you calling me a sinner mm. in English? And Aaron said he agonized over whether that should be in English or Korean. Yeah. We know that Tay agonizes a, a lot, lot <laughs> on the lyrics and then cuts tracks and then we never get oh, a, yeah. an album because he's changed his mind. Well, he said in interviews that I read with him, he's like, oh, I just changed my mind so often. Like, I'll make something and I'll be really, really happy with it and I'll come back to it like the next day and I feel completely differently about it. But Aaron did say that often the titles of the songs and the lines that are said in English, they're very important. Important, yeah. yeah. So that's why they were ultimately they're having that conversation about is stigma is the core of stigma about are you calling me a sinner? Mm. And then he goes, so cry, please dry my eyes. And that's that really, really high bit of the bridge. And then the last chorus changes. So he says, that light, please illuminate my sins where I can't turn back. The red blood is flowing down deeper. I feel like dying every day. Please let me be punished. Please forgive me for my sins, please. That's the end of the song. He seems sort of torn here, doesn't he? So he seems Mm. as if he's saying, well, as soon as I can be punished, I can also be forgiven. And then I can sort of move on with my life, I think. And he sees that as the solution to the guilt that he's feeling. Mm. And sort of because the are you calling me a sinner and the apologies and trying to weigh up the sin mm. wouldn't relate to the universe because obviously murder is a sin even if it's in self-defense so it just yeah. doesn't fit exactly within that. there's definitely something more yeah going off and also when he's mm. saying i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry my brother my sister like there's no brother yeah maybe it's about the soul <laughs> it's about the soul <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm confessed. I'm not found myself yet. Oh my god, I feel like dying every day. No. <laughs> the one that I think might be the best explanation for it is that he's talking to his real life brother and sister mm-hmm. about being away too much and not mm-hmm. being able to be there for them because as we know, well I know anyway that he sort of spent a lot of his childhood living with his grandmother Mm -hmm. and then his grandmother had recently passed away Mm -hmm. when he wrote this so potentially that's what he's apologizing for it obviously it still doesn't fit the entire lyrics because like the broken glass and everything I don't know where that's coming from but uh if you want to see part of it as him sort of struggling with a personal issue and Mm -hmm. part of it as being the universe story then that could be fitting but then ultimately not being there for your family in a time of need is also not a sin. Yeah, and he might be addressing his brother and sister saying, like, are you calling me a sinner? Like, are you, is this causing ill feelings? Because obviously mm. he's ultimately doing something that's amazing for his family in a way, right? Yeah, because yeah. He's, he's working, like, obviously really hard and he's become this massive idol. He's got all this money. I'm sure he's, like... Sharing it out. Sharing it out, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, with his uh, with his family, so ultimately he's sort of it's going to create opportunities and and sort of financial safety and everything for his family as well. And the, the I can't hide it, concealer it can't be erased. Mm. It's sort of like it's in the past. The behaviour's already happened. Yeah, and he so. might feel like there is increased distance between him and mm. his siblings because the the decisions that he's made to become an idol but at the same time like there's nothing he can really do about it if he wants to sort of continue and I guess that's the turmoil bit right because he's almost challenging them in the you know is this behavior so bad when it comes with all of these other positives is the fact that I wasn't able to be there Mm. enough to be a sin enough to attach the stigma but I'm still I've still got that stigma attached to me even in spite of all of these 
really positive things and in spite of my apology yeah so you can see that as a really like tumultuous yeah if he's sort of saying right we've had this conversation or whatever where like I felt like we grew more distance it's actually really been weighing on me and then he's asking like why did you do you've made me sort of feel this way please punish me or forgive me yeah let's not leave it in this place of where it's not being resolved yeah so yeah I think that's how I I would want to interpret it based on the information that we have I wasn't sure about whether to mention this but there is uh, just because I had sort of trouble with understanding this song I sort of had a little look on the uh, on the tumblers and everything like that. You went into the Reddit hole. I did, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there seems to be a lot of speculation about this being about him not being able to offer support to the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're not going to be speculating about anyone's sexuality. No, obviously not. But there was... Obviously, quite a lot of that on the internet, but there was also people who said that this song had really helped them through personal struggles in general. Mm -hmm. And obviously, even if you, as an artist, don't publicly come out and say, I belong to this community or that community, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you can't still feel that a community should have certain rights and that you should Mm -hmm. be more vocal about it and you might regret your position as an idol in terms of not being able to speak out politically and support. So I thought because it seemed that the song had lent support to people who needed it in that context, it was worth mentioning. Yeah. Well, that's great, right? It's something we can't necessarily relate to, but if people have found solace in the song and that supported them in their lgbtq journey mm-hmm. and that's amazing even yeah, if even if the sure. song isn't about that even if that's not what he intended <laughs> that's the yeah, beauty exactly. of that right it may have not been designed that way but it still brought this positivity yeah and there was obviously a lot of the language online was being quite conclusive and that's uncomfortable and obviously it's influ- influenced by the there being a lot of very serious shippers out there who want to see yeah. this or that in in lyrics and that's all I'll say about that but uh but yeah I thought it was worth mentioning the fact that the song has has helped given support to people who might be going through various personal struggles it doesn't need to be LGBTQ plus related it could be about anything that you've sort of feel like you need to internalize and but then Mm. at the same time I think if you wanted to see Jimin's lie for example through that prism Mm. you definitely could Mm. like a lot of these can take on any lens that you really one right yeah a lot of them are quite big which i think is is necessary when you're trying to relate a song to the universe story plus yourself plus this book from 1990 <laughs> <laughs> not, so, not easy yeah so uh so yeah i think that's all i had to say about stigma the lyrics what do you think Nash? um i do like the song it's not some i'd listen listen to often mm. but if i ever were like oh let me listen to wings I'd listen to it. I won't skip. Oh, okay. Early, early indications <laughs> of where Natasha's awards are going. Yeah, yeah. No, I like the song. It's quite jazzy in the vibes, isn't it? And we know that Ooh. Tay is is into his jazz. Mm. And Aram said in the V Life about it being a R and B vibe. So Tay's always wanted to produce something that's quite R and B. 
and arms. So it's really great that Tay was able to use the style that he's been wanting to use. It's similar um, to what you said about Jimin's dancing, right? Like it's a chance for them to explore the different styles of music that they want to dabble in as well. Right. Tell us about the short film, Christine. Yes, I will. Yes. Which we watched. Um, yeah. Before you start, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Tay's acting. Tay's acting. On point. Yeah. We actually should have talked about JK's acting and Jimin's acting because we did say we'd give out Best Short Film Award. Yeah, we, we will, but I think we're not... Song. Well, we can do Best Actor as well, actually, if you guys want to do an off-the-cuff award. But uh, I meant more as in which short film do you enjoy the most, not necessarily the acting. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, that's not why. Okay, so, well, that's not how I reviewed the short film. Let's do both then. Right, so... Junie's quote is about the first fissure in the column that had upheld Sinclair's childhood. And then he says, everyone must destroy these columns in order to become themselves. In terms of linking to Demian, Tay represents the rebellious phase that Sinclair goes to when he's at boarding school and he sort of goes off the rails a bit and he goes out drinking every night. He sort of struggles and seeks direction and meaning after his encounters with the dark realm uh, that he now sort of exists within and I think Tay is similar right because he does this is clearly after he's killed his dad and he sort of loses his way a little bit and goes off the rails he's graffitiing all over mm-hmm. um and they sort of both seem like they're trying to sort of seek out trouble as a bit of a cry for help mm. um it opens on him scratching at a graffiti of Abraxas um so there's an image of this sort of man with the snake feet it's a traditional representation of Abraxas apparently okay and I thought maybe that was a hint to the guilt that he's feeling. So mm. he's rejecting the acceptance of sin. He's like, no, I don't want this God that it will accept me for my good and my evil. Mm-hmm. Like I've sinned, I want to be punished. So the police van sort of pulls up behind him. Like the police people come and sort of cuff him. And you see the in, the expression on his face right when that happens is very sort of sort of happy. Filled with pleasure. Yeah, yeah, he's happy about he's it. He's happy about it. Exactly. Like he's like, he's like finally, I'm going to get this punishment that i'm seeking okay so then he's being questioned by police and you see him sort of answering questions so they're asking like oh name and he says his name and then they ask him about his parents and he says oh i don't have any and then there are scenes of him running um in the gray hoodie yeah in the gray hoodie and he's quite like looking quite distraught he's being beaten by something invisible something Mm. we can't see i read somewhere that that's alluding to the beatings that he got from his dad but also he could be beaten by the guilt yeah yeah i think and then he's joined by this fluffy white dog which oh, symbolizes so <laughs> it's really cute yeah <laughs> the fluffy white dog sort of runs up to him he's sat on the floor he's the dog sort of runs into his lap and he cuddles the dog um so in the universe storyline i didn't actually know this but in the universe storyline apparently Tay's character loses a white puppy in his childhood oh. So, so it's the dog coming back to him. Yeah. So I think the dog is meant to to symbolize his sort of innocent childhood, right? Because yeah. it's very white and fluffy and, and sort of pure. Um, we get flashes of the painting of the mother, which we'll see in um, in Hobie's film, and the phone booth, which also comes up later. Mm-hmm. And we see scenes of I Need You, where he has the abusive father yeah. and he sort of comforts his sister. Yeah, and you can see him watching the scene. Yeah. So there's two tears in one scene. The one comforting his sister and the one observing him comforting the sister. So you know that you're watching him like relive that scene. Yeah. And then we hear part of the song where he says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my sister. And there's a cage lower down on him. 
and he tries to sort of shield and protect the dog from the, the puppy, cage. Yeah, but the puppy can get through the bars, so yeah. the puppy still leaves, um, and he's stuck in the cage. His innocence is run away from him mm-hmm. and he's sort of caught in these columns in the life that he exists within now mm-hmm. and then he's back in the police station and he asks to make a phone call and yeah. then it ends who's you ringing who's you ringing it's gonna come up later it's no, RM. it's yeah we're gonna say it now <laughs> <laughs> he tries to call june he tries to call nam june because in in the universe story they're a pair tay and uh, nam june but he can't reach him. And there's a theory that I've heard, which I thought was good. They said that um, Tay not being able to reach Namjoon is a clue to that Namjoon isn't the one to save. Tay. It's Hosok that saves Tay. Mm. Well, Jin, Spoiler. Jin helps him. Yeah, I think that link is referenced by them flashing up the mother painting in the... Oh, film. yeah, you're getting the hobby reference early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice, that's how you solved it. That's what winning is. Yes, got exactly. it. Noticing that the mother painting is linked to Hobie saving Tay. It's how you hey, went to Christine. <laughs> Christine Kai is that student universe. Yes. Anyone have anything to say about the Trump film? I really liked. It. I think we're seeing early Tay's acting, right? Even though you see it in I Need You, you really feel it here because. So I think you see when you see J.K. crying in the first shot film, mm. it's fine. Like oh, I think no, I think it's good. Really I well. think it's good. I think it's good. Give look at look at Natasha's face. Yeah. She's raging. She's, she's Natasha, walked what do you off. Want to say to <laughs> boy? We're gonna quit you out next week, Liam. Yeah. Sorry, unanimous decision. You're out. Yeah, fired from my own podcast. Yeah. Um, no, but I think what Ted does with his acting is he conveys emotions that's beyond what you're seeing on screen. Yes. JK, this is a sad scene. You now need to cry. Mm. Tay, you're being arrested, but we need you to be happy about it. Yeah. And knowing about it. And I think that in and of itself is a very complicated thing to portray. Oh, for sure. And that's where I was just like, just like eating Tay's acting. Just like, Jesus Christ. Like all of the, just showing this such a massive range of emotions that are in really big contrast to what is going off around him. Mm Yeah, he conveys a lot through his face. I think you can see that in the performance as well, actually, when he's like, for most of it, he looks quite sort of wistful, quite solemn. Mm. But then there's the odd time when he sort of looks, has this sort of kind of wicked expression on yeah. his face. I mean, should we talk about performances? I feel like that's a, a good link into that, mm. unless you have anything more to say about short films. No. Right. So performance wise, they've got the phone booth on stage. Mm-hmm. So the phone booth is from Namjoon's video, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of walks out of it. He's got this sort of beautiful Pusipo white blouse on and the sequin laser. They really love the sequins in this era. <laughs> it sounds I, like. I own that silk grey big Pusipo blouse. Really? <laughs> in grey. Yeah, it's in the back of my closet. And when I saw it, I was like, I've definitely worn that to work. Oh, really? It doesn't fit me anymore because I'm a cool. bit bigger than I was when I used you to wear Pusipos. Yeah, get a diamond blazer <laughs> i should get a sequin blazer a sequin blazer and then he dresses like tay and then we party. can go all around london <laughs> hanging out in phone booths you can film <laughs> clips of me for tiktok um so that's the next thing I, yeah the next thing i was going to say actually was that the wall of the phone booth had loads of words mm. on it so it says i wish i can love myself which comes up in rm's song it says the egg is the world and that God's name is Abraxas. Mm-hmm. That whole quote is on there, as oh, well wow. as a few other Demian quotes. And they've got Never Mind. Rings, Never Mind, and Youth, who are calling the most beautiful moment in life era. Mm-hmm. And then it says, To die would be an awfully big adventure, which is from Peter Pan. Yeah, it's from Peter Pan, isn't it? Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. 
there's a quote from Voltaire. Your oldest um, fear is the worst one. Yeah, that's actually a piece of conceptual art by an artist called Jenny Holzer. Wow. Um, whose art is usually displaying words and ideas in public spaces, like projections on buildings and billboards. Cool. Yeah, she's really cool. I, she is when cool, we, yeah. When I did our, our history at uni, I loved her. She was great. Mm. He bosses those high notes. Yeah, I must Amazing say. Amazing Yeah, really good. He's obviously a low-registry singer. So we, we don't often hear that sort of really high falsetto from him, but here you get it. Here you get it in like bucket loads, really. And when in the second verse, there's a bit that he sort of whispers. Oh. And then when he does the performance, the, the whisper bit is it's done the by screen, the screen. The video. Yeah. yeah, and that's quite cool. He's got the curse and the coconut in the video, though. He does. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but I keep wanting to link everything back to Twilight. <laughs> So my link back to Twilight with this would be the shiny jackets. There's a bit in performance where it like kind of goes on his skin. Maybe they're um, living out a fantasy of being Edward Cullen. They're all just reflecting and glistening. Maybe that's the hidden meaning. It's the, all the, the bar of the literary references. One is like really high and one is real low. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like Demian and Demian and Twilight. Twilight. Yes. <laughs> Another thing, so like obviously Edward can never die. Mm. Maybe you're telling us from 2016, BTS is never gonna die. <laughs> if Jay turns out to be a vampire, I'm not gonna be surprised. Honestly, yeah. I'd be like, of course, of course. All that time, that's, All the that's how it was so there. beautiful yeah, and so, was so beautiful. And Jin, because they don't age. Yeah. Um, are we happy with stigma? Yeah. Right, so the next song we're going to do is uh, First Love. First I Love. did that one. First Love was written by Miss K and Sugar, and it was produced by Miss K and Sugar as well. So it starts with the part where he sort of talks slowly, and he says, The corner of my memory, a brown piano settled on one side. In the corner of my childhood house, a brown piano settled on one side. And then he sort of starts his rap and he's talking about remembering looking up at the piano when he was little and the piano was taller than him. He says, I looked up at you. I yearned for you when I touched you with my small finger. And then he's talking about in elementary school. He um, grew taller than the piano and neglected it. The dust was sort of piling on the piano. And then there's a section that seems to sort of be from the piano's perspective where he says, don't worry, even if I leave, you'll do well on your own, as in the piano's saying that to him. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the piano goes on to say, I remember when I first met you, before I knew it, you grew up. And though we are putting an end to our relationship, don't ever feel sorry for me. I will get to meet you again, no matter what form. Greet me happily then. I think we talked about it in the last episode, that he lived with his grandparents for a while when he was younger. Mm-hmm. So I did read somewhere that the piano potentially was at their house and then he moved away and then there wasn't the piano there anymore uh, for him to play so when he went to elementary school yeah he was genuinely away from the piano yeah but then he finds the piano again when he's, when he's around 14 he says the awkwardness was only for a moment i touched you again even okay. <laughs> even though i was gone for a long time without repulsion you accepted me without you i'm nothing don't let go of my hand forever i won't let go of you again either and then yeah there were tears (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um and then he's talking about burning up the last of his teens together with the piano 
kids as we left we cried those days with you those moments are now in memories and then he talks about moments when he wanted to quit and the hard times where he says grasping my crushed shoulder I really can't do this anymore but he felt the support of the piano by his side saying like oh you can really do it kid and then he says when I was fed up and lost back when I fell into a pit of despair even when I pushed you away even when I resented meeting you you were firmly by my side you didn't have to say anything so don't let ever let go of my hand I won't let go ever again either my birth and the end of my life you will be there to watch over all so sad very very cute <laughs> yeah even the bit about the crush shoulders really nice isn't it yeah and then there's a bit about the pit of despair which he also has talked about his depression and mm-hmm. stuff so the piano sort of I guess helped him sort of navigate his emotions and then at the end of the song he does the bit about the brown piano in the corner of his mind in the corner of his childhood home again and there were more tears <laughs> Um, so yeah, obviously he's talking about his passion for music as expressed through the relationship he had with the piano from this very early age and through the difficult times in his life, his injuries, his depression and so on, and sort of music and the piano have been somewhere that he's found support and inspiration to keep going. But he talked about it being difficult to record it because he kept crying. Okay. Yeah. He's also talked about how the song is about the piano, but he thinks what's unique about the song is that it could also apply to like a first love interest or something you love as a child. Yeah. Even if you haven't played piano, you can still like relate to it. Also, it it sort of works for the universe because his character, Yungi, loved playing the piano with his mother before she died in the fire. And later he plays the piano with Jungkook. Do you want to say what Aram said about it in the V-Live? So yeah, Aram talks about how he hadn't really realized how much sugar loved the piano but he remembers in those early days that he made sort of old jazz piano recommendations like billy joel and then it wasn't until the sort of they were looking over the lyrics of the song that he felt like he really understood what those trainees were and what the recommendations were and that they were just something much more meaningful and he reminded him of when they were in their sweatpants and jackets and it reminded yeah. aram of when he first met youngie yeah do you have any feelings about First Love, like, as a song? Yeah, I, I like it. I liked it more when we watched the performance. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of the others are vocals, whereas Sugar was just, like, a heavy yeah. rap. But then when you see the performance and you see the performance with it, that's when it really shines. That's when you can really, like, mm. see his passion and his commitment and the sentiment that comes through it it really is a brilliant performance that we watched yeah i've had the context of the song for a while so i think i've had that relationship with it for a while which is why i love it a lot flash do you have any thoughts i didn't love it but the lyrics were nice yeah right should we talk about the short film yep perfect it opens with Nam June's quote, which talks about having uh, God having ways to make us lonely and to lead us back to ourselves. And this is how he dealt with me at that time. Kind of creepy. Um, ominous. Ominous. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> Thank you. So Jungi's part represents when the main character, Sinclair, meets an organist called Historians. He sort of becomes a mentor to Sinclair in terms of teaching him about Abraxas and ancient philosophy and ideas that exist outside the society that is sort of structured around traditional Christian values. So it starts off with Jungi looking at 
and walking towards the storefront, he throws a rock at the window and then he walks in and sits at the piano and the alarm goes off. And then he plays the star of Begin, which is Jungkook's song. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of looks down in, in agony. Then he hears the whistle from Jungkook's film. And then he sort of runs out on this road. He des- desperately sort of running around looking for something. And the car almost hits him. So there's a sound of a car crash. And then he sees sort of blood splatter on the road. And then he runs back to the store. And the car has hit the storefront and the piano. We know, though, from the universe story that the car actually hit Jungkook. They're also a pairing in the universe story. So it seems to me like they're trying to relate his the love for the piano that exists in the song to Yugi's love for Jungkook in the universe story. That makes sense. And how the the car has hit the piano means that the car has hit Yugi's first love, which actually is Jungkook. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The piano is on fire, which sort of links Yoongi's faith to Jungkook's as well, because JK is the one that saves Yoongi from, from the, the fire. fire. Nice. Yeah. Mind blood. <laughs> that also looks great in the short film. He does. Very swaggy. Like Reminiscent of I Need You. Of There's I need one you. where Yoongi's in a white vest um, and the ripped jeans. I Need You. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he yeah. always looks great in like a white, just like a white tee. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on the short film, Sash? It was one of my least favourites out of them all. Uh, just visually. Okay, fine. <laughs> Stop asking her. You're just <laughs> constantly going to be disappointed. Okay. Um, performance. Mm-hmm. So he starts with the piano, and we sort of see that there are string players all around him. It's really sort of raw and emotional, I think, even before I knew the lyrics. He's sort of giving quite a lot of emotion to the rap i think you can see he's sort of agonizing over the lyrics it's got that really cool like swelling red in the background yeah so i mean, one of the boys when we watched them watching it back mm-hmm. so they yeah, looked the really scenes. cool because it made it look like fire even though it was the red light on yeah. the smoke yeah 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 Tay was really yeah. Tay was really into it he was really into it and he also said he was like oh i get so emotional when you're doing raps yeah. <laughs> but yeah he also was he was proud of that fire himself as well said it was the first time they'd done it in Korea. Um, well, there's the bit at the end as well where he sort of, in the one that we watched, he says, like, oh, in the corner of my house, there's a... And then he doesn't finish the sentence because it looks like his, like, voice is breaking Aww. and all the army in the room go, like, oh. Very cute. Yeah. And then he sort of turns and uh, walks away towards the flames and there's a graphic with, like, a hand reaching out to the piano that sort of envelops the shape of him when the music sort of transitions into the electric guitar remix of So Far Away, which mm. is also really nice. Yeah, which I love. So Far Away is great. Mm. I said when we watched it that I wish he would have just hit one key on the piano. Yeah. It really builds that anticipation when he's walking over, right? He's like yeah. walking to the piano and then he stood there with it. It would have just been one little thing. Then you'd know that he was still connected to the piano. So yeah. I really wanted him to do that, but obviously he didn't. And it's his stage you can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? They were okay. They were bearable. I'm going to cut that out. Natasha loved the live as well. (laughs) (laughs) We all did. Why aren't they recruiting? (laughs) (laughs) Third member of the podcast. I just hate the entirety of rap line, yeah. She just hates the rap line. Yeah. RM's me. Bias Raccoon. Okay. Last little note on his outfit. The one that we watched has got like his blonde hair and he's wearing this like sequin jacket and this black 
silk shirt and these super tight jeans and he obviously looks gorgeous as always he looks so, great in this yeah the platinum bottom when it's really all like cute. ruffled mm-hmm. for sure all right are we happy with the first live are you happy with first love? <laughs> do you know I was what? trying do you know to. You know what's really ironic? Yeah. That sugar wasn't your first love. I know. It was I know. Maybe I'll bring so out weird. another called second love. Yeah. And that'll be about you. <laughs> he said whenever you found us, that's when we debuted for you. I'm sure he feels that way about all of his biases as well. And another peek behind the curtain, this is actually the second time we recorded the first love because we had a fight the first time because I just didn't feel like anyone was appreciating my boy and I was really offended. So yeah, this is take two of first love. It went better than the first one, I think. Let's move on to reflection. Reflection. That's yours. Take away. That's me. Yeah, that's me, obviously. It was written by RM and Slow Rabbit and it was produced by RM and Slow Rabbit. Originally, the song was called Duck Song, which is a big park on the bank of the Han River in Seoul. He wrote it there and was inspired with it there, and he did a recording. So at the start of the song, you can sort of hear the hustle and bustle that he recorded in the park, which is just adorable, right? Yeah. (laughs) Just there, just like in this park, and he just whips out his phone, like, I'm going to record this, I'm going to put it in a song, (laughs) because it just inspires me so much. It starts off really beautifully, right? With the Every Life's a Movie, we've all got different stars and stories. We've got different nights and mornings. Our scenarios ain't just boring. Yeah. It's just lovely. (laughs) Just really sweet. And then he sort of goes off into... So he's already made the reference to Every Life's a Movie. And then he sort of references, I find this movie very amusing. Every day I want to shoot it well. So every day is a new opportunity for him to do a good job and be the best version of himself. Mm-hmm. So he wants to shoot it. Well, I want to caress myself, but you know, sometimes I really, really hate myself. And to be honest, quite often, I really hate myself. Which is just heartbreaking. I know. I'm so sad. Sad. How, how can you be RM, be like the most talented and handsome man on the earth and then hate yourself? I, think I don't even understand. Yeah. And I want someone to think that about me. Yeah. Because sometimes I really hate myself. Oh, see, I don't know, but I... Mm. Yeah, you're close to a gin. Am I? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I like... not, maybe not as far as a gin. I don't There's say time. I hate myself. I've, like, I have weird trouble, like, looking at photos of myself. Though. Yeah. I don't think I ever go and, like, go, I really suck. Like, I'm good at identifying... I think, actually, BTS has helped with this. Mm-hmm. Identifying thoughts that are just not useful. To like, me, I need yeah. to stop thinking like this. No, whereas I think... Um, without going too deep, like I've had bouts of depression, right? Mm-hmm. So in those times, it's really easy to get wrapped up in that negativity and those negative thoughts. Yeah. Um, and then I'm really terrible at like self-praise. Like I know when we're playing BTS Island, mm-hmm. I'll like do a level and it'll be fine. And then you'll do a level and you'll be like, oh, I'm the best ever at this. And I'm like, I wish, <laughs> I literally wish I could think like Christine. I am so jealous of the way that Christine's mind works. Like, <laughs> that's just because, no, that's just because I'm terrible at phone games. hating himself um he said fear holds my hand it's okay because everyone's in twos or threes it's good that i have a friend too yeah he's got a friend in fear which is sad and someone like send junior hug always yeah. yeah he's a very existential boy which is why he's such a brilliant lyricist yeah 
then there's the chorus. Chorus doesn't have any words. Oh, yeah, that's where he just vibes out, right? Yeah. And then he sort of opens back up. The world is just another name of despair. I am all of my joy and anxiety. It repeats every day. The love and hate directed at me. He also talks in the verse above about whenever he's feeling that level of self-hatred, he comes back to Duck Sam. Mm-hmm. It's nice to know that he's got that place like where he can go back to and recenter. Yeah. And then exactly. sort of in this second verse, he's wondering about all the people around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the night falls. People look happier than in the day. Everyone knows when they're supposed to be. But only I walk without purpose. It's just so sad. Yeah. Um, and then he says, Duxon, which has swallowed up the night, hands me an entirely different world. I want to be free from freedom. Because right now I'm happy, but I'm unhappy. I'm looking at myself. And then he goes into and Duxon. I took some, yeah. Yeah. You think he's looking in the water? Well, he's there. There's yeah, a bit of the river and reflections. Yeah, and there's a bit at the top which I wasn't sure if he was talking about someone else or but whether he's talking about himself. Hey, hey, you who's looking over the Han River. If yeah. we bump into each other while passing, would it be fair? Or maybe we bumped into each other in a past life. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we bumped into each other countless times. So that could be him. I think he's still it is him talking, talking about, about himself. Him. Yeah. yeah. And, and reflections. Then, right? Because we know where he believes in like the multiverse and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And all the different sonas and then. Yeah. So he's not um, people watching. He's seeing his reflection. Yeah. That's him, yeah. isn't it? Well, it's people watching here. But then the last bit affirms it being about himself, I think, where he's like. Yeah, it comes back round, right? I'm looking at myself. So, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And then you get this big outro where we're going to go into love yourself, right? I wish I could love myself. I wish I could love myself. Mm-hmm. Which is just gorgeous. I also, I read on the on the Genius website lyrics that there was a Brazilian army fan chant where they'd reply to him when he goes, I wish I could love myself. And they go like, we love you. No. Uh, <laughs> and then after a while, he changed the lyrics to, yes, I do love myself. And then he later did like a more inclusive, I wish we could love ourselves. <laughs> Beautiful. He's a special boy. He's a smart boy. Yeah. But yeah, it's obviously a personal song. It's about certain negative emotions sort of impacting him and how he goes back to sort of nature to center himself again, almost like meditating. Nam Junin. In Nam Junin, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the sure. park. Riding his bicycle. Yeah. Crafts. Yeah. Yeah. He sort of acknowledges that he he has those negative feelings sometimes, and that's like that's okay. At least he knows what to what to do. Yeah, it's good that he's got those um, coping mechanisms. Yeah. What are your thoughts on reflection? Self put sounds okay. It feels more like it's made to watch rather than something that you listen to. Because I think the if when I listen to it, I'm already picturing like a a video to it, like similar to Soul's music video, where it's like a car ride and they're going through Soul and stuff like that. I imagine him literally sat at that bike river or everyone does it when you go have a walk, listen to music and you're like, you're reflecting. Mm-hmm. And I also like the lyrics, I wish you could love myself because it reminds me of days that I put myself up to be a bad bitch. That's what we want. (laughs) Yeah. What I've written about his universe, like how this relates to the universe, is we know Dooney's character is sort of riddled with internal struggles and gets torn between helping his friends and looking out for himself. And he often sort of hesitates to act to protect 
the boys even though he wants to. So it's definitely possible that his character would have also had similar feelings about like despair and hate towards himself, I suppose. But yeah, there's not like massive not as clear obvious. links. Yeah, like yeah. when Yeah, it's not as as obvious as in some of the others, but it could still be applicable. Um, right, so let's talk about the short film. So the quote that he's chosen for his own short film, I'm guessing they might have chosen their own quotes, I'm not sure about that, but this one is describing the dark realm, which is made up of a loud mixture of horrendous, intriguing, and mysterious things. And then he gives a lot of like quite graphic examples of what belongs in that realm. But yeah, in the um, short film, he's in the container where he, where we know that he lives in the uh, universe. He opens an envelope which has Jungkook's sparrowhawk picture, mm-hmm. and then he's tattooing himself with the sparrowhawk that mm-hmm. Jungkook sent, which is super hot. <laughs> Yeah, not super sanitary, but sure. So he burns the pitcher into a glass of water and then he drinks it. So in Demi and Sinclair dreams of, of doing this, of burning art and then drinking the ashes. Oh. Um, and then he sort of falls down as if he's hallucinating. The glass shatters. We hear the phone, uh, busy signal, and the container is converted into mirrors. So he looks at the wall saying, we must survive, which obviously is what he wrote on a few mirrors in the universe. The mirrors shatter. Mm-hmm. He turns and runs out of the container. And then he hears the phone ring, but he can't get inside the phone booth because it's chained shut. He sort of despairs as he tries to get inside. The chorus of reflection plays. He gives up. And then the word liar is painted in red on the side. I heard someone say that Namjoon had said that he would be there when Tay needed him, but then he sort of fails him, that. which is the hesitation. Um, it's interesting that they were we must survive on the walls in all of them mm-hmm. and in terms of how this relates to Demian I think Namjoon represents the character Demian as a mentor to Sinclair because he's the one that receives the Sparrowhawk picture and he him not being able to come to Tay's rescue is representative of that Demian isn't able to help Sinclair through his rebellious phase because we talked about how Tay represents the rebellious phase ah nice yeah and, connected uh-huh, exactly the only thing I've got to say about the short film is the clip of when Junie shakes the phone booth and the phone falls off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watch that all the time. Yeah. And he also looks really great. He does, yeah. He's got this like bowling shirt. Blonde Junie's always a good day. Mm-mm. What are your thoughts on the short film? I put love the yellow shirt um, and then also put the the blooper where he breaks it. No, put God of Destruction. So I said yes. Yeah, I think it's a good one. I think Judy does a good job of looking tortured. He does, yeah. 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 On to the performance. So it opens with RM and then there's a big whale graphic and the whale's like coming towards him and he's like talking to the whale. We've not done the whaling song. No. Yeah. But it's the whale whose signal can't be heard by any other whales. Yeah. Because he's on his own frequency. It obviously also links to this song. I think that's why they put it in the performance because it's it's not even on this album, right? Yeah, and him feeling like he's on a different frequency to everyone else. Yeah, and then the hey ho hey ho comes in, which is from Path, mm-hmm. and he walks like up the stage towards the phone booth, and then, like you said, with the chorus, he doesn't sing in the chorus. Yeah, and you can see so awkward to perform. Like yeah, just stand there, like yeah. nodding along. Mm-hmm. And in the second chorus, he does a bit of, like, ad-libbing, doesn't he? Baby, what you're looking for? Yeah, we didn't know where it was from. No. 
Oh, Annie's got the grim on her with the like white shirt. Yeah. She's a little bejeweled. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a really great performance, isn't it? It's a really emotional yeah. one. It is. He does a really good job. Gus, mm-hmm. do you like it? Yeah. It's pretty nice. It's a really great song. Oh my god, it exists. Yeah. It's my favourite so far. <laughs> um, right, next one we're doing is Mama, and you've done that one as well. Yeah, which is also me. Yeah. It was written by Primary, P-Dog, J-Hope, and it was produced by Primary and P-Dog. Yes. It's called Mama, so obviously it's about his ma. Yeah. It's like this lovely, dancey. I wrote that it's an American gospel vibe with a carnival hook. type hook. So it's really happy. It's very J-Hope. Yeah. So it's like a, a love letter to his mother who supported his dream of dancing. Yeah. Because um, his father wanted him to do something more academic. But his mom was like, no, if you want to dance, if you should dance. You dance your little heart out. Yeah. So the first thing he says is time travel to the year of 2006. He would have been 12. Yeah. So he's crazy for dance. And I tightened my mom's belt despite my dad's opposition every time I attacked. So this is about the sacrifices that she had to make to support him. So he went off and tried learning how to dance and he said that she floated the small boat of dreams, but I didn't know my mum's support was not an open shortcut road, but a road of dreams while gripping debt. So he didn't know at the time like how much strain she'd taken on. And then he said the problem of money, eventually my mother would go away. She had to work away from home. And then he starts talking about when he talks to her on the phone. And the thing that I remember is my mom's strength at the time was a breaking ball to me. I was determined to succeed with that promise alone. I became the son I am now. Yeah, and there were more tears for me at this point. Tears for me. So beautiful. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, you wouldn't have known that this, like, risk you're taking in supporting the dream is going to be like the best thing you ever did because like your son's going to be this amazing superstar he wouldn't have known the like sacrifice that he made but he he also wouldn't have known the like magnitude of his dream right like yeah where, where his dream would carry him and i think it is a little bit it's a little bit different to Humby's story right mm. where his parents didn't want to support him but he really wanted to pursue it yeah whereas hobie's mum supported him and shielded him from the strain it was putting on them so i think that really bears in their characters as well right mm. Hobie didn't all have to carry that weight mm. and take that risk in a way that Youngie did yeah and then the chorus opens and it's this really like bright bubbly chorus of this like really literal smiley happy choreo and it goes hey mama now you can lean on me I'll always be by your side hey mama because you gave selfishly to me because you were my support now you can believe in your son you can smile <laughs> <laughs> But she always believed in him. She, she believed him in him all along, and it's like she clearly believed even when he just wanted to dance. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. And now she can lean on him. Yeah. He's gonna give her all of mm. the, the time and the support and mainly the money because yeah. now he's really rich. <laughs> he's gonna buy the big house and the big cars and the big rings. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. gonna buy them for his mom. Yeah. And she's gonna be telling his dad like. You were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Then you've got the like, hey, mama, so thanks. You became my blood and flesh, mama, which is just like a thank him for being there. He remembers being in the PC room, the Broadway restaurant, a veteran who ran on both feet for her family. 
So I think that's about the places that she worked in and the double jobs that she had. Then there's this really beautiful line, which is failure is the mother of success, mother. Yeah. Um, I thought that was great as well. Really brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess because it translates from Korean to English really well. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. And then he goes on and says, I learned from that passion and sincerity. Now, when I become an adult, because you were a fertilizer, I will become a flower and become your own flower path. And then there's the like final bridge, which is you had me feel the world. The breath you have created today more than usual. I want to be held in your arms. What is higher than anything above the ground? What is wider than anything beneath the sky? The only one, mother's hand is medicine's hand. You are forever my placebo. I love mom. I love mom. Yeah. And he says, I love mom in English. Yeah, he does. And then you go back into these big choruses and post choruses. With the and gospel choir. Yeah, with the gospel choir on the performance. Yeah. yeah. Comes out. Yeah. It's just really great. Yeah, and it's like obviously moving. It's really, <laughs> but also moving. it's just really happy and yeah. really happy. I'm really vibey. Yeah, and you like when I listen to it, I always like dance along and I'm like, yeah. and then like the songs of his love for his mom, and so like, oh, it's just very sweet and very precious. I thought banger. J Hope never disappoints. Exactly. Yay! That's the sort of feedback that we want. Not your slime review of Jack in the Box. Mm. Do you want to talk us through the short film? Yeah. So, appropriately, the short film opens with a quote from Demian about when Sinclair meets Demian's mother. <gasps> Her gains was fulfillment. Her greeting a homecoming. Silently, I stretched my arms out to her. Aww. Um. So Hobie's song and his short film obviously represents the time when Sinclair meets Frau Eva, Damien's mother, who's the third of his different mentors. There is a Jungian archetype that I didn't talk about enough of the soul, which is the archetype of the ideal mother. Jung believed that all children were born with like an understanding of the ideal mother. Mm-hmm. which they then would project onto their main caregiver. He said, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be your biological mother. It mm-hmm. just can be whoever gave you that type of care. So in the short film, Hobie's in a sort of white padded cell, which looks like a mental hospital. And the doctor, you can see on the notes, it says he's got Munchausen syndrome, which they are going to treat with placebo. And Munchausen syndrome is a rare mental disorder where a patient's symptoms turn out to be fabricated or self-inflicted. And it's not hereditary. It's usually caused by experiences during childhood. Mm. Um, And you can see this because when the doctor's outside the room sort of looking in on him, he's pretending to be asleep. But as soon as the doctor walks away, he wakes up. Oh. Yep. We obviously know that Hobie in the universe story has the storyline with the mother who leaves him behind. So the references to the mother and the sort of archetype of the mother I thought was interesting in that context because I think they're trying to get at that that's where the Munchausen syndrome is is coming from, that trauma that he experienced as a child. But anyway, the clock on the wall of the cell strikes one and the cell is filled with pills and we see flashes of the martini glass and the graffiti door from Jiminente's videos. He picks up a pill and the cell goes dark and there's sort of neon paint splatter on the wall. A picture of Eva and he's got the wings behind him that makes him the sparrowhawk. Ah, yeah. And he seems distressed and he sort of starts bouncing off the walls uh, while the mamma music plays. It's really eerie. Yes. 
yeah. I think when you watch the short film before you watch the performance, yeah, you can imagine it not being this upbeat. Yeah, 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 yeah. About his mom, it's really eerie. Yeah, and I think that's a, it's, it's such a weird like quirk of carnival music in a way. Like it mm. can be so like ominous and creepy, whereas it can also be so like happy and cheery. Yeah, but, like yeah. the clown noise. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He collapses on the floor. He awakes to sort of birds chirping in what sounds like a river outside his cell. And he walks out this, of the cell and faces the forest painting from Jimin's video. He picks up a Snicker bar, which obviously symbolizes his mother leaving. He takes a bite of the Snickers bar and smiles while still looking at the painting. So like Jimin, he sort of faces his fear here. And it's thought to be linked to the development that sort of Sinclair goes through after he meets with Frau Eva. She's the one who sort of eventually helps him reach individuation. And he walks off to the side and then the painting changes into the mother and child. And in the corner, it's written Eva. And Eva also evokes the image of the mother in the Bible, the mother of, of the human race. She's also the one that sinned in the garden, which I thought was important because it shows them focusing on the sort of the good and the evil. Because they mm. could have used the Virgin Mary, right? They could have, yeah. Yeah. He's wearing these really nice pajamas. The blue pajamas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's got the little red hair. really expensive, yeah. Yeah. I really like the, the colours of it. And I think Covid does a good job, like, doing some of the acting, mm-hmm. looking distressed. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on the short film, Flash? I thought that I love I love the neon colours, and it's got lots of deep meaning that I'm sure Christine will explain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good. Thank you for that vote of confidence. Um, <laughs> I do enjoy that half of the podcast is you just educating us about like, yeah. art and philosophy. <laughs> um, we're like, gone away, I've done all this research. And we're like, cool. I think his hair looks really great. <laughs> you do a no, good job. Thank you. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I studied art history for a reason where I enjoy that stuff. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Are we happy with the short film? Should we move on to performance? Yeah, um, should we do what Junie said in the Vila first? Oh, yeah. Hobby told Aram a lot about his mum and that this was more special to him because it came from Hobie. And Hobie was really worried that he'd cry whilst performing it. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, I was thinking that when I was watching the performance, actually. I was like, wow, I just don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Aram said he'd heard about the lyrics beforehand as well. Um, and he was surprised at how upbeat it was. Right. Performance. performance so i said when we when we watched this i was like it's hobie that invented the literal choreo yes <laughs> because there's lots of other literal choreo in previous videos yeah it's always a bit jarring but then yeah, no worry they too we talk about it quite a lot if you haven't listened to that so in this hobie does the like taking the phone call when he's talking about fun his mom yeah and even in the chorus when he's like you supported me he's like leaning on the back of dancers yeah. and like you were my number one fan he like points to the sky with his one finger up yeah and there's a really brilliant bright bit where he does the like arms up and then across his face during the chorus yeah and i'm always just like like a big gesture and then there's photos of him as he's a child sort of growing up and he comes out in the white jacket and then takes that off and then he's got this sparkly jacket yeah there's a like, little pussy bow yeah and there's the bridge bit the music drops out and then you think he's gonna oh finish. and then i'm like yeah and i say i said don't go hobby and yeah. then we're like he's not gone and no. then he walks back and then he shouts and there's just like 50 choir just singing with him and it just fits so beautifully it's just amazing yeah it's, uh, a, it's a really really good one yeah it's <laughs> it my favorite make, one so far it'll make you smile no matter what and then i think when we saw in the wings commentary as well like they're watching and i think it's jim and it's like 
your mom must have cried a lot and, she, and your hubby's like yeah she cried a lot <laughs> which like I bet yeah <laughs> your mum must be so proud and cry yeah yeah sadly hubby didn't do mama at Lola no he did ego and he did just them what do you think of the performance Natasha it's always nice to watch because it's so energetic and uh, like you're on about it looks like a choir so it's different to all other performances I'd definitely like to see it live same, same, same. Yeah. All right. Should we do Awake? Let's we... move on to the final one. The next song is Awake, which is written by Slow Rabbit, Jane, J-Hope, June, P-Dog, RM, Hitman Bang, and produced by Slow Rabbit. It's um, Jane's solo. And the lyrics of Awake are about not believing that you can ever succeed in a way that you want to, but still determined to fight towards it anyway. You may not be able to do what you envision yourself doing, but at least you can look back on yourself and say that you tried and you've got wounds to prove that you did try. Mm-hmm. So there's a lyric, I'm so afraid I hold these six flowers tightly in my hand, obviously linking to the members, saying that he's working hard to please. He's working hard to keep up. Yeah. This is the next lyric. Uh, It's not that I believe it, but that I want to try holding out because this is all I can do. All you can do is try and keep hoping that you will succeed. And if you do fail, you can take it as like a, a lesson and try again. Well, it seems to be about how he doesn't seem feel like he's as talented as maybe some of the others in the group. And as a, well, obviously he's just picked up for his looks. looks. It wasn't because he was like, had trained all his life to be a musician. So that's only natural. But all, I, I think as a, as the oldest member, he might sort of be quite aware of not feeling like you're contributing as much as like an RM or a Sugar. Or Hobie. Or, 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 yeah, I think Aram said for a long time he didn't really understand how Jin could be so relaxed. Yeah. But still working hard because for Aram, working hard is stressful. Yeah. Whereas for Jin, he doesn't take on the stress and the strain, but still works hard. He still puts in the work. He still has the work, I think. He doesn't oh, for get sure. like frustrated or not invested in this, not the right word, but he doesn't like carry the weight on his shoulder as much. He takes on a very mm. supportive role. And I said it had taken him a long time for him to understand. Mm-hmm. But through working on this song with Jane, he realised actually the fact that he's trying to keep up and is keeping up mm. is enough. Yeah. Yeah. We had a we had a philosophical debate about if it's has Jin got the best deal. Um, because he's got the visual and he's got the comedy and he's the oldest but doesn't like he doesn't take on as much of the he doesn't carry carry the weight yeah Yeah, he doesn't on the weight on the responsibility lies with him a lot of the stuff just sort of but then I think that's his his personality as well though because I think when I was watching Brand the Stage Jin was like well you know like we go on these tours and I, I just try and live in the now and like I feel happy most of the time and then if you feel happy then then you feel happy and that's great and then if you feel unhappy for a bit then you feel unhappy for a bit but then you know like in a little while you'll feel happy again and it's fine and it's like wow this is just like <laughs> the most amazing take on life I've ever heard. <laughs> so good at yeah. life. Uh, 
I want Jin's parents to raise me. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever they did it for worked, him, it worked. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very well balanced and grounded boy. He really is. Yeah. But yeah, obviously in this one you get a little bit of a, a look into his the, like the pain and the struggles that he does have. What you need to take into account is that he works probably harder than a lot of the others to like be able to perform in the way that he does because he doesn't have that basic training like that he would have had growing up. So he'll have worked on his singing, he'll have worked on his dancing. I think there's been times when they've talked about when they learn new choreo, Jin will practice for hours and hours and hours, mm-hmm. whereas Hobie picks it up straight away and yeah. like so it's okay. Yeah. It would be so easy to not want to try. Mm-hmm. To you're like not, give up. You're not it. the best rapper. You're not the st- you don't do any writing or producing or anything like that. Like, well, he did. He did do on yeah, this. Yeah, he did on this. But like, even even that, he said. I've seen his interview when he talked about starting to write his own music. He was like, "Well, you know, like everyone else was doing it." So then I thought, like, I might as well try. Yeah. I'm like, I should should at least try. And then if it doesn't work out for me, then it doesn't work out. But like, at least I'll have tried. Whereas J.K. really agonized over his and yeah. couldn't write anything, and then went to Aaron for help. Right? Yeah. It really highlights the struggle that he has and that sort of sense of acceptance yeah maybe that's the right word because he's like he's I don't think he's not ever thought like "Ooh, I'm gonna be this great lyricist I'm gonna be the gym rap <laughs> and then I'm Jin and my stage name's Jin and I wanna be Jin <laughs> I'm the world man handsome and done it's Jin yeah. <laughs> I'm Jin but yeah but then also like he is so such an important part of the group to the makeup of the band and the happiness and And the chemistry and the chemistry yeah i think the chorus really sums it up right yeah maybe i can never fly like the flower petals over there like you said maybe i can't touch the sky still i want to stretch out my hand i want to run yeah the flower petals obviously he's talking about those as the the six other members but whereas in the short film and and in anijo i think he's actually does have six flower petals in his hand so that does link it to the to the universe as well so just to talk a bit a little bit more about the lyrics in verse two he's talking about walking in the darkness even when he's happy he's asking himself are you really okay and then he's replying no i'm so afraid so he's like constantly worried that he won't be enough and then he says still i hold the six flower petals tightly in my hand i'm just walking so this line also helps show the universe angle. So from a universe story perspective, Jin has to save the other members, but it comes at a price. So he loses his memories and, and suffers these headaches. So the like trying and holding out becomes about his numerous attempts to save the boys. And then his the struggling and the scars that he mentions in verse one is about the, the consequences that he suffers. The universe stuff comes out in the pre-chorus, right? I will be covered with wounds all over, but it's my fate. Still, I want to struggle and fight. Mm-hmm. Also, can we just talk about the fact that the vocal is the dreamiest? Yeah, it's so good. Heard. The it's vocal is so strong. Yeah. Like when it comes on uh-huh. and I'm just walking, I feel like a warm, like, hug. Yeah, it's really good. And he's like, evokes so much, like, emotion, emotion with his yeah. vocals. And he's come such a long way. Like, this is in the early albums i think his vocal is a little like nasal mm. a lot of the times when people start singing you sing a little like like that but then when you develop your voice and you sort of put that behind you and i can think you can see that yeah his vocals improved a lot it's such a sentimental vocal yeah and there's that really big high note yeah that he just hits 
I was going to say it in the performance, but there's a bit where um, Jungkook's watching him perform it and he's like, ah, oh, yeah, that's it. Jin's now our main vocalist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jin Young's improved so much. He's now the main vocalist. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. There's that nice run as well where that RM said that Hobie Hobie did the hooks, both hooks. Yeah, yeah Hobie had written the, the melody for both the Wide Awake, Wide Awake, Wide Awake and the It's My Truth, It's My Truth. Yeah, why? Um, because he's, he's brilliant. He's the, the, the MVP. He's the MVP. He's the MVP. <laughs> 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 see? See? <laughs> yeah, but because I'm going to throw a laptop out and out the door. <laughs> I did not do that. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I've got quite a lot to say about the short film, so should we talk mm, about Chris the short Jensen's film? Because a really good short film, isn't it? It is it's really a, good. Yeah, tell us about the short films. So it represents Sinclair when he sort of awakes and finds himself. Oh, nice. And that's when he sort of achieves the individuation. So the quote that is used for Jin's film we said at the start of the episode uh, which is the bird fights its way out of the egg the egg is the world who would be born first must destroy world the bird flies to god that god's name is Abraxas in the video Jin's at the table with objects in front of him including Jimin's apple and Hobie's pills um, and he's got the in-ear piece that they used in the universe story when he was forced to reveal the members hideout to the principal and then he takes it out he picks up the apple as if he's about to eat it, then he drops it and he picks up a Polaroid camera and he takes a photo of the lilies on the table, which symbolizes resurrection and rebirth. So there's lilies and then there's candles straight behind the lilies and the candles go out, which symbolizes death. Oh, so the, wow. when you see the white side of the room, the candles behind the lilies are black, but when they go out, they're white, representing the light and the dark. Amazing. We see a mirror in the corner with, we must survive. He follows the apple which obviously symbolizes the first sin and temptation through to a room with a bed. He plays with the lighter on the bed, which the lighter obviously represents Yungi. He blows the flame out and then picks up the six flower petals. He puts them on the floor and sets them on fire, representing the members' fates. Mm-hmm. And then the room spins. He's distraught on the bed, showing the headaches that he had. We see a bird fly before his eyes. He opens the curtain and it cuts to him looking at himself in the mirror. So he taps the mirror and there's a drop sound as if he's tapping water and his fingers create sort of ripple effects, which is symbolic of his actions when he travels back in time and sort of the butterfly effect. Um, There's also a chained up chest near him, which is signifying, I think, I thought both the phone booth and the sort of chained up chest in their hideout. There's a piano. There's the mother painting the door that sort of has locked him in and has all these scratches on them, like mm-hmm. the one that Tay was scratching at yep. in his short film. Um, and then there's also the painting of Yoongi and, and Jungkook. The items represent something to do with the members' individual struggles, like the piano on the fire and the phone booth. And then Jin represents his struggle to save them because when he's on the bed in the room, he's really like in anguish. And then he walks out of the room as a wake place. He walks past the apple. So he transcends the idea of the first sin to follow his fate to save the other members. He's no longer following the nice. temptation. Fair. Yep. He touches the tapestry that has the images of Abraxas. So on the in the hallway, all the the tapestry has these images of Abraxas all over. That represents him accepting that life has both light and dark, the good and the evil exists okay. in the world. So it's the first verse of Awake we hear. 
Um, so he gets to the end of the hall where he's when he says it's time to leave, and then he looks at the sparrowhawk painting when he says it's my truth. Oh, <gasps> sparrowhawk seeks the truth. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> he looks at the camera while he's, he sings "It's my fate," as in he's realized his purpose, and then he follows the light out of the hallway, and then it zooms back into the room where he was just in, where the flower petals that he burned have now turned into Polaroids. Um, one of Junie's mirror. One of Hobie's painting of Eva, there's Jimin's apple, Yungi's piano, JK's painting of the Sparrowhawk, and Tay's scratch door. Oh, mm-hmm. so they're all there. They're all there, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, now Jim's accepted the mission to the save mission them. To save them, yeah. And so he's, save me, save yeah, me. and he's reached invitation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. A big day for Jin. All of that. I'm literally minutes. just going to say that. Big day for Jin. Jin's big day out. Yeah. I, the the obvious references I get, mm. but like I don't. I didn't know what Anabraxis looked like, so I think if we go back and watch it again, mm. then I'll be able to see. Yeah. Now, having been educated mm-hmm. through your research, which many of the listeners will also have benefited from, so do go back and check out all of the symbols that yeah, Jin's yeah. found for you. It's uh, it's much more fun when you're like, oh my god, this means this. You won't get that realization because she's told you what they all mean. No, no, but like <laughs> you can be like, oh my god, Christine's right. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be fun too. <laughs> well, you... obviously, like, I, I will say though that my my takes are only my takes. Like there That's are fair. plenty of people online that have different takes. But yeah, um, I put no shade of blue. <laughs> As in, like, the tone of the film? Um, what, what was blue? I can't remember. Okay. I guess there was there must have been something that was blue. The room is blue. Yeah, it was, like, an eggshell-type blue. Um, I think uh, Sukjun did some stellar acting. He did, you yes. You can see that he's sort of pinned and pensive and... He does a really good pensive face. Every time I listen to Bloods and Tears, I like picture his face at the end, like with the crack in the cheek mm. and like, God, I've just seen sin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. What he's putting down. I'm mm-hmm. picking up. Yeah. Um, oh, he did some really good acting. Yeah. I completely agree. Should we talk about the performance then? Yes. Jim said in Burn the Sage that they used the most money on his performance. So he was very proud of that. But yeah, he's on platforms. They're quite tall. He's got six string players behind him, not four, which obviously traditionally you'd have a string quartet. Yeah. But he's got six string players, which symbolizes... The everyone. six members! Yes! <laughs> um, I think we already sort of talked about how much emotion he brings to the to the singing, but I think you can see that in the performance as well. Yes, you can. I picked it out, but I've got a note in my head. Um, when he walks up onto the stage, mm-hmm. they're all level. Mm-hmm. And then as the song starts and he's talking about not being good enough, it dips down. Mm. And then he's below the six members. Oh, yeah. And then as the song progresses, he moves up to be above the six members. That is That really was really obvious. good symbolism. It really is good that symbolism. let's not. Leanne noticed. Yes. Christine did not. No, I'm not saying I'm the king of symbolism, guys. Just, <laughs> I put a lot of work into it. You did, you did. Yeah. But he does bring a lot of emotion. Yeah, he does. Sometimes when he sings the high notes, you can see that he puts so much like effort into it as well. Like It's hard for him. He sort of bends down and like gives it all of his power. And then, yeah, he wears this white pussy bow blouse and he's got this like gold 
sequin blazer. He looks really thing. great. He looks really great. But obviously, he always looks great. Always. I yeah. think, you know, with the universe story, I've seen theories that Jin's timeless, that Jin is actually a time traveler and doesn't age. Yeah. And the evidence is pretty clear that <laughs> yes. it's true. He's a vampire. More of the Twilight <laughs> references, yes. All the boys are vampires. If, he, if they ever decide to remake vampire, like not vampires, uh, <laughs> remake Twilight, we've got Edward Cullen done. No need to cast anyone else, no guys. There is waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's a really beautiful performance as well. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite one so far. <laughs> <laughs> when I watched those, like this is my favorite one, but. Overall, just been overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Such a brilliant set of solos. I was going to say this in the in the awards, but they're all like really equal. I think in terms of quality, I don't think there's any like this is the standout worse one than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Like we or, agonized on the skip. Yeah. Oh gosh, the skip this time is the hardest skip. I mm-hmm. must say. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> Tasha's making her face. <laughs> Tasha's like, accept all the rap line. Yeah. <laughs> Um, right. Without further ado, shall we go to the awards? Yes. I can't remember if we said at the top, but we're not going to do MVP or grade because we'll do those when we're done with the whole Wings album. But the rest of them we're going to do. Yep. So, yeah. Should we start with best short film? Best short film and best actor in a short film. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Best lyric. Best lyric. My best lyric is a veteran who ran on both feet for her family. Failure is the mother of success. Mother, I learned from that passion and sincerity. It's going to Hobie in my mouth. Oh, nice. It's beautiful, beautiful yeah. lyric. And the plan words of the mother of success. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. I wanted to give it to, to some of Junie's mm-hmm. lyrics, but Lucky for you, I gave it to Fear Which Holds My Hand. It's okay, because everyone's in twos and threes. It's good that I have a friend, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and that friend's fear. Yeah. That's not an actual friend. Yeah, it just, the, all the emotions were there. It's really beautiful. Yeah. My best lyric is, you made me begin, you made me again. Another really good one. Showcase, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that is a good one as well. Also written by Junie. Just saying. I knew that was going to come up. I want, I want to get, he needs to get his juice because I can't give him any more awards. Right, okay. <laughs> okay, best My rap. My needs his praise. Yeah. <laughs> He's so sad. Best rap. Best Natasha. rap. I've not got like a specific bit, but um, I've just put uh, J-Hope Mama because it's like nice that he's dedicating it to apparent yeah and it's a good rap so i don't think he gets a lot of credit for his rap skills in that song so that is nice he doesn't yeah you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> the best rap obviously goes to young <laughs> thank you yes yeah. um so i just think youngest rap is super sentimental mm-hmm. and it's really well done the chunk that i picked was without you i am nothing after the dawn to others we welcomed the morning together. Don't let go of my hand forever. I won't let go of you again either. Yeah. And I feel like that it's a little bit army BTS. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, youngest there for me in the morning. Mm-hmm. Never wants to let me go. Yeah. What about you? Well, did you give it to... <laughs> Where did you go? <laughs> I also gave it to you. Yes. 
uh, Yungi took the best rapper. I did feel like he had some candidates for best lyric as well. But yeah, I picked the bit where he says, when I was fed up and lost back then when I fell into a bit of despair, even when I pushed you away, even when I resented meeting you, you were firmly by my side. You didn't have to say anything. So don't ever let go of my hand. I won't let go of you ever again either. My birth and the end of my life, you will be there to watch over all. Hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So, so beautiful. This vocal? Yeah. I've got gin. Gin at the start of Awake. Love it. All yeah. day long I could listen to Awake. Natasha? I also went with gin, but the like middle-ish bit, the wind's like, ah! and he's probably like busting a vein. The high yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. I actually went with Tay and Stigma. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, I thought when he does the, um, he obviously does a lot of big high notes as well. I just thought he deserved recognition for those high notes because he's got such like a low register. And I just remember the bit where he said that he'd like practiced butter for like hours and hours and hours because he couldn't hit the high notes. <laughs> but in this one, he just absolutely bosses those high notes. So I picked him. But I did put and shout out to Jin for most improved. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so dance break at JK obviously yeah when he's dancing and singing and the whole dance is completely different the whole way through yeah and it's just absolutely mesmerizing it really is JK. yeah I was going to say the same same thing best dance break what did you go with the same thing <laughs> it's really annoying because I think Jimmy should get a shout out that, that that's a lyrical dance break in line Assume that you were not gonna that you're gonna go with your bias, even though we're not meant to be picking them all the time. <laughs> I'm <laughs> gonna do a I'm gonna do a Christine for this episode. My bias is gin. <laughs> no, oh, you're changing your bias so that you can give yeah. all your awards to your actual bias. Yeah. yeah. What's our next one? Best live performance. I gave that to Mama. That's the yeah. best live performance. All right. Yeah. I mean, the problem is the performance that we linked is the triple performance for Jimin. And therefore, okay. I've given it there. Okay. What, oh, what do you mean by the triple? Feel, you know where it's the three performances spliced together? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the outfits. Because we cut. couldn't find like a yeah. straight line one that was in focus. I think actually <laughs> I could find it. I just wanted both the outfits in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that's how I've been bamboozled. Okay. I've been bamboozled by multiple Jimin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I wrote my awards and okay. I wrote Jimin Lai. The whole dancing, the vocal, the start with the orchestra, the way he moves across the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, best performance, Jimin. I feel like I'm just like copying everyone else's, but I also went with Jimin. Oh, yes, nice. Nice, okay, well, I, yeah, I didn't expect that. Then I'm going to change mine to Mama. No. <laughs> as long as he's wrapped, man. <laughs> Do you want to start on best look then, Bess? Yeah. I've got three, and the one that I'm going to pick is V in the Twilight look, because I've not mentioned him, whereas the other two I've mentioned. So it's going to have to be Twilight just to keep the running theme. That's, uh, that's a good one, I've think he deserves a best look shout out. Uh, I'm going Jimin in the sparkly jacket with the silver shirt. So you know when that silver like oh. vest is under there and it's all like waving yeah. and flowing? That one. See, I went with King of Best Look Jimin as well. Of course. Yeah. Is he ever not one? <laughs> but I went with the sequin shirt. 
the one that you did the other. Just jump up a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, and when he like throws his arms up, he, there's the sharks also. The top is tucked in, so you don't mm. get the same effect. Mm. I also think shout out to the one that he wears in the short film with the faces on. I think that's gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, I would like that shirt. Shout out to Youngie's look in the short film. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. shout out to all of Youngie's looks. <laughs> shout out all- we take that back. No, no, shout out to all of Junie's looks. <laughs> you also Jimin, which I also got. But I also got, which I thought were good to mention, were Grape, June. Yeah, great yes, man, great man. On. Shout out to great man. Right, I'm gonna change my best look. <laughs> no, I'm changing it. No, you can't. Fine, I'll keep with Jimin. Closely followed by great man. Okay, should we do our the short film short film awards, the short film Oscars, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> the, the winner Leanne, is the winner of Leanne Dodson's highly acclaimed award is Stigma. Nice. Well, okay. I just think it's just so dramatic. Yeah. And so well done. Yeah. Natasha? Uh, mine is Jimin. Because I like the song and I like the visuals. Yeah. And he's wet. He is wet. Jimin is wet in life. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to change mine tonight. Oh. No, I'm sticking with Stigma. Yeah. Wet Jimin still got his award. Stigma deserves a shout, but I also chose Lie. Oh, really? Yeah. You're not going to give it to a wick? Because of all of the symbolism that ever existed in one film. No, I thought the best short film was Lie because I thought the symbolism was very clever in Lie. I just thought it was brilliantly done. And so, like, when that one clicked for me, that was the point where I was like, I've completed the short film. I've won the short film. Yeah. (laughs) You've reasoned that well. Thank you. Beyond Jimin's in a bathtub. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, why you picked it. (laughs) (laughs) She's not sorry. Okay, best actor. Best actor. I gave that to Kim Sik Jin. Nice. He doesn't like obviously his short film is quite long, but he doesn't do loads. Like he sits at the table, he looks in different directions, but I don't think he's still like I just I know exactly how you felt when you did that because mm. of your face acting. Nice. Yeah. Natasha, who are you giving it to? Best actor. Also Jin. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm giving mine to Tay. Yeah, well, obviously. Tay is the other candidate, I'd well, say. Yeah. I think Tay did a brilliant job in Stigma. Like, Hobie and Jimin sort of tried to show that level of torture and mm-hmm. pain, but just it's nowhere near as expressive as the way that Tay shows it. And obviously, Tay's storyline is so intense as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he, he's got more to work with in terms of looking tortured. Because of his storyline being what it is and like him being in the police station and all that sort of stuff. Not saying that he's not still brilliant. I think Jin did a lot with not so much. Mm, it's dramatic acting that's showing the drama as yeah. opposed to like, Jin's managed to elevate what could have just looked like spaced out. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think the moment's come. Let's do our dotted skip. I don't. I do not want to go first. Well, I'll do it because I've just praised Tate's stigma. I know. I feel awful. I'm so sorry to. It's it's a really hard bag. Yeah. And I think with Tay, because you're not sure on the meaning, a yeah. little bit like how I felt with Go Go. Yeah. Not yeah, the same. Yeah. Not the same. No. <laughs> but like, yeah, it doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't resonate, resonate as, as well much because, because you don't you're know what it's about. questioning what it's about. Yeah. But I feel awful about it. Sorry yeah. To. 
I, I chose that one as well. <gasps> I did, yeah. <laughs> you data. Yeah. You absolute data. Yeah, but like because it was not your bias anymore. No, so it was the you. same. It was the same reasoning because I was a bit like it just doesn't inspire emotion in the same way because I don't know what it's about. And I could change if he like comes out with a statement tomorrow being like, guess what everyone's thinking was about, la la la. I mean, I, it was really hard, but I kept like going through. Or I thought it was between Sigma and one other song, but then that song like skyrocketed up the list for me after I'd sort of had spent some time with it. So it was Sigma in the end because it wasn't any of the others. I never, ever actually skipped Sigma, I will say, but I, yeah. When you have to choose one, that's what it is. Gun to your yeah, gun to your head. So yeah. Um, first love, shocker. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Why? I'm just. I'm yeah. Why? I don't, I don't know. I just hate younger. Yeah, absolutely. It is guts. <laughs> it wow. should be OT six. <laughs> Oh my god! Get it, get it. Look, I've got his pen. I've got his pen. Like I've done it. I've got his hand cream. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah, I don't know. For me, his hand cream. Before. Personally, I think it would have been harder if you would have told me like one that I had to keep forever. It's like best track, which is the category coming up. Like yeah, going to Edge you had to listen to one forever. Right. What is it between? J.K. and J-Hope. Mm, fine. Fine. Best track. Best track. Who wants to go first? I'll go first, Mama, hands down. So many, so many good ones, but I just think Mama for the overall best track, best performance, all of it combined, it's Mama. It's just brilliant. All right, well reasoned. Natasha? Also, Mama. It just puts you in that, like, bad bitch mood. (laughs) It does, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... (laughs) no okay um so you know remember i said about my skip that i thought it was between two songs Mm -hmm. and then one went from candidate from skip to best song Mm -hmm. so my best song is lie jim and sly yeah go on it is partly the orchestra at the beginning uh-huh. Partly the lyrics. I really love the lyrics. I mean, I read the lyrics. I was like, all right, I'm sorry, these lyrics are brilliant. He was able to link everything together. He linked to Demi and he linked to the biblical sin and all, all of the imagery that he used was very, like, made so much sense in all of the different contexts, like the universe, his personal story, Demi and like everything they were trying to say, he said in those lyrics. And then the the way that he performed it with the dancing and the other dancers and the way that it was so expressive but beautiful, but not like in a, not saying that this is bad, but not like in a, in an obvious way. Like when J-Hope does his like literal dance moves, it wasn't that. It was very like lyrically expressive, like which is more of the dance style that Jimin's been brought up with. Mm-hmm. Watching Burn the Stage as well, like you can see how much agony he puts into his singing performances. But in the performance, he sings it so well. And I'm just like, oh, Jimin, just your song just works on every level. It just, yeah. It's, and that's very well reasoned. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It, yeah. I 
sat with the song list and I was like, it's between stigma and lie to skip. And then I looked into lie and short film, the performance, the meaning, everything behind it and everything around it. And I was like, no, actually lie's the best song. How the tables turn. Yeah. Yeah. Credit where credit's due, right? Yeah. Like, and it's Jimin's first foray into writing. I'm, ha- I'm happy with that. Yeah. So good. And now I've got the rest of Wings. Exactly. Exciting. Yeah. Wings is good. Wings so is jealous of Wings. Great era. Yeah. Wonderful concept. All of the art references and mm. symbolisms here, but the songs are bangers and yeah. You get to listen to Blood 20 Years and watch that MV the, legitimately. They're beautiful vampires. Honestly, in Blood 20 Years, they actually look like vampires. Mm. Um, True story. Yeah. It's, uh, Wings is a, a beautiful moment in life, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're not going to spin the wheel this time because we're doing our next episode will be Wings, the 027 version. Yep, Wings Um, Part 2. Wings Part 2. So, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Please, if you want to have fun too, you can give us a rating on Apple or Spotify. (laughs) Write something really good about my explaining of all the symbols. And if you want to say that you thought I was wrong about all the symbols, where can they do that, Natasha? Um, you can follow us on Instagram at generationbts underscore or send us an email at generationbts or the albums at gmail.com. Subject line, FYI, for Christine. <laughs> <laughs> if it's about symbolism, yes. But if it's about like... Gimge, also, yes. <laughs> if it's about Natasha's solo stand, then no. <laughs> Yeah, that's FYI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I guess all that remains for us to say is I've been Christine. I've been Leanne. I've been Natasha. And we have been Generation, Generation BTS. BTS. Thank you. Oh, it's my dreams, guys. <laughs>